What's going on, everyone? Good morning and welcome to the new Weezing Gaming Bigcast. It is an early Sunday morning, especially for our new friend Travis, which we'll get to, of course. Um, but I hope everyone's doing well. Looking forward to uh, kind of explaining some of the changes we're making around here and, and getting to go through it today with uh, this excellent panel we have. So uh, first things first, let me introduce the guests and we'll talk about a couple things. So, uh, well, guest, I should say. So, uh, you know, me, Mr. Portia Power, or whatever Travis called me last night. Poor, what was Russia, it? Per, 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 per. Per, 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 <laughs> the rap. Um, <clears throat> Beautiful. So, um, yes, I'm still here, as well as my uh, partner in crime, Mr. Dan Rodriguez. Good morning, sir. I'm here, man. I'm ready to do this. Got all my stuff out right before the show. Feeling good. Let's go. It's <laughs> early. Right. It's super early. Uh, yeah, 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 which we can't complain about because it's early, no, you know, yeah, a couple yeah, hours for Travis. Travis but, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, I don't even know what eight o'clock looks like. After time, so. <laughs> or seven, gee, but if you're uh, a regular listener um, or uh, viewer and joining us right now live in the chat, um, Travis, uh, you know him well, I believe. Most of our community knows him well. Uh, ran a fire team chat over at IGN with uh, Destin. Has uh, been part of the last word and some of the things that Cog and the guys over at Iron Lords have done. Did an industry perspectives with him recently, our Halo Roundtable, so I think you're very familiar with him. But he is joining our panel permanently um, as we look to uh, kind of realign what we're doing with the show and take it in a, uh, a different direction, which I'll speak about in just a moment. But Travis, man, good to have you. Thank you, McClunky. It's great to be here on Seasoned Gaming, my favorite uh, video game cooking website. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we aim for, man. That's what we aim for. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. yeah. Hey, if we can get the cooking audience, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> be huge. in. It's a huge market. <laughs> yeah. You just, you know, something clicked as you said that. I need to capitalize on the SEO for the cooking market with uh, absolutely. With the site. Yeah, <laughs> I can start doing it from my kitchen. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little, yeah. The little very, apron the, on. Yep. Yeah, at the very least, you can get the ads for all the cooking services on Season Gaming. <laughs> yeah, I there feel. you go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and joining us for the first time, a friend of the show, uh, someone I've talked to and, and respect in the industry, the managing editor of Console Creatures, Bobby. How you doing, mate? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, nice to meet you guys. I know I've met Ains, I've spoken to him online, but the other two I'm, I'm just getting to know. But I mean, it's nice to see you guys. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, good to have you, man. So, Console Creatures is also my favorite uh, video game pet buying site there you go capitalize yeah. on that so, dog market man we, we have a stuffed animal coming to work what's it build a bear yeah we got something coming <laughs> build a bear. that's a great product integration opportunity Let's there you go <laughs> jack good morning guys who are here nice and early with us good to see you um <clears throat> so real quick for anyone who catches this later um or obviously listens to us on podcast services uh, a couple couple things we wanted to talk about with BitCast. So obviously we moved the live show time, but if you're listening later, that obviously doesn't impact you. Um, but we are going to be live every Sunday at uh, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. British Standard Time uh, going forward. So if you want to join us live and maybe Saturday kind of midday didn't work out for you, hopefully you can come uh, chat with us on Sunday morning. So um, part of the reason uh, we're doing that is one, it just kind of works out better for everyone uh, in terms of uh, where the show lines up. Um, we talked to Travis, you know, and his schedule worked out better there. And we are also uh, looking to kind of adjust the show a little bit. So as we 
we're always looking to do something kind of unique here at Season Gaming, as anyone who listens to us knows. And, uh, you know, what we started to notice, especially since the pandemic began, right, being completely honest with you, is there's just a lot of new podcasts. Uh, there's a lot of gaming shows, a lot of gaming podcasts that have kind of popped up since we started doing the show. Um, gosh, four and a half years ago, I think it is now. So <clears throat> we uh, we wanted to kind of uh, separate ourselves a little bit. And so what we're really going to do is instead of just having Dan and I and, and really kind of searching out guests from around the Twitter space and social media space every week, we're going to really uh, focus on having a dedicated panel. And so Travis is, is the first part of that um, and looking to move to a, a permanent four person panel probably in the future. Um, but we're also going to realign to be more uh kind of industry focused topics, right? So rather than going just through the news, which obviously you can find on our site on a daily basis anyway, um, we're gonna talk about kind of bigger topics, things that impact the industry, uh, whatever's kind of more pressing that week, hopefully have more developer interviews and studio type things as well. So uh, we hope you kind of like it. Uh, we're obviously always open to feedback, leave us a comment, hit it in the chat, um, but this is the direction we're going. So hope you like it, hope you take the journey with us and uh, really looking forward to getting into it, so. Anything to add, guys? To the future. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Vogel, Nick, Jordan, Fat Boy, AKW. Good to see you guys, man. Graham, good morning. All right, guys. <clears throat> so we'll still kind of touch on what we're currently playing. I think we'll we'll keep this segment pretty short, generally speaking. Um, but, you know, uh, there, there can be some interesting things that we're playing, especially uh, if we're allowed to speak about them. So, Jor or Jordan, looking at the chat. Travis. You've been playing Flight Sim, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm playing a uh, Flight Sim on um, the Xbox Series X uh, recently, which is awesome. Um, it is under under embargo, like the because it's a review copy. But um, I I'm allowed to talk about that <clears throat> game a little bit, which I think most people have played on Xbox Series X. It runs at uh, 30 FPS, but other than that, it performs pretty well from my experience. And I'm also playing it on the new. Uh, my, my new Thrustmaster flight stick. So uh, nice. it's been a pretty interesting experience so far, but this is one of those games I never got around with, with PC. Uh, my PC setup, it kind of takes a while to boot everything up and get it working with, uh, you know, that setup. So it's just a uh, console's a little bit more convenient uh, for this sort of game, especially such a dense game to get into. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just lots of barriers of entry to like playing this game. It's like, you know, go. It's like taking night classes. It's like a whole separate <laughs> hobby you're taking on to to learn how to fly a plane in this game. So, um, been really enjoying enjoying that so far. Uh, I'm still awful. I could I cannot land the plane yet, but you know we'll get there uh, eventually. So, uh, plenty of time there. Um, and then the other game I'm playing is uh, the Great Ace Attorney uh, Chronicles, which is. Uh, uh, coming out on Tuesday. I don't think I'm allowed to say anything about this one, okay. but I am playing oh, yeah. it. I can, can I can confirm that. And uh, and yeah, if you like the Ace Attorney uh, games like I do, I'm a huge uh, fan. Oh, are you? I've never played games. them. Yeah. Oh my god, they're so good. So th this was actually this is why I love reviewing games because it makes you play games you never would have normally made time for. Sure. And the, my first my first Phoenix Wright <laughs> game was a game I was reviewing. I just got assigned it randomly when I was. Uh, working at a different outlet and I fell in love. Like I, I was like, holy, like how have I not played this? And I, after playing that game, I went back and I played all the previous entries that came out on the, the Game Boy Advance or whatever it was. And now I'm like a, a hardcore uh, Ace Attorney fan. So if you if you value uh, awesome storytelling and, and great writing, that's, it's, yeah, top, 
top game uh, for that. So I'm wow. really enjoying that. But yeah, I'm, I'm playing that game and uh, it comes out on Tuesday and I'll be able to talk about it after that. But I'm, I'm very addicted to those games and, and the, the Chronicles package is two games combined. So it's actually like 50 hours of, uh, of content. So I'm, I'm not uh, through it at all yet, but uh, enjoying it so far. Okay. Is it, yeah. is that brand new or is this like a remake? It is uh, brand new in the Western markets. Uh, it, okay. it came out. It came out only in Japanese uh, and, and has not had any English releases. So this is a brand new localization. But I think uh, the way Westerners have played it so far is uh, through fan translations, which aren't very good usually, and, and obviously okay. require a, a certain type of setup to get that to work. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, th- th- yeah. So it's it's a brand new game for for fans like myself that that have played all the other. Uh, entries that have re- released in the West. Okay, cool, very cool. Uh, I may, I may be lying a little bit. I want to check it out. I don't know if I'll have time, but you speak so highly of it, it makes me want to actually check it out. So I recommend it, man. I really do. Cool, cool. Bobby, you been playing anything good, man? Uh, I got a couple things. Yeah, so I'm doing. I have a couple games under embargo, so I'm doing an Eldest Souls review that should be, I believe, this week. Uh, just trying to wrap up the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. I, I mean, I finished okay. it for review, but I, I mean, I'm not com- I try to be completionist, so I'm trying to get all the hard pieces, making sure I have you know all the upgrades, making sure Link has max rupees. <laughs> Basically, I'm trying to finish the game I never finished well, over a decade ago. But yeah, okay. that that's kind of my thing right now. Uh, there's a couple other things like I'm, I'm also doing a flight sim review as well, but we really can't talk about it. Okay, fair enough. But they're man. they're they're fantastic. I mean, I've been just flying over my my parents' house in Greece, doing a couple <laughs> of things in Paris. It's it's so much fun on console. I'm actually impressed how they translated that whole system into onto the consoles. Okay, but yeah, no, it, it's been fantastic this week. Just trying to catch up with all these games that are coming out. There's a consistent stream of new titles every week, and it's it's yeah. like, what do you want to play? Like. That's what the number question asked. I was like, "What what do you want to play on your free time, and what can you do while you're reviewing games?" Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a challenge. Uh, how how are you enjoying uh, the the Legend of Zelda? I actually reviewed that game for IGN, so I have a a horse in this race, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I I loved it. I mean, I wasn't a fan of the motion controls in what 2011. I mean, they were they weren't as precise as they are on on the Joy Cons. I'm I'm finding. But so the transition to the controls. I'm doing a. I do a little bit of both. So like I prefer the button okay. scheme. I always prefer buttons. I always think it's it's more intuitive for me as a console gamer. I mean, I have a PC, but consoles always been where my heart belongs, and I I think it's been great. Um, the only thing I don't enjoy is just the fact that it's it's still not the most engaging Zelda. I still think Breath of the Wild kind of let set the stage for what the future of the series should be. But the problem is, you know, it's like a ten-year-old game. So, like they they fixed a lot of the problems that I had about a decade ago, and it's it's been a little bit better the second time around. Gotcha. And Still then so- yeah, the, and then yeah, the, the, there's just one other thing I could say is like uh, for for mobile games, I'm doing Fantasian. I don't know if you guys have heard of Fantasian, but it's uh-huh. that new game. It's so it's uh the latest game from the creator of Final Fantasy. It's an Apple Arcade exclusive. Okay, it's it's basically Final Fantasy with a new name, but okay. it, 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 it's it's beautiful. It's one of the 
most gorgeous mobile games I've ever seen. A lot of the backgrounds are dioramas that they created for the game, and they mm. filmed them, and then they they over. I, think, I guess they put the designs of the characters over these dioramas, and it's just one of the most gorgeous looking mobile games I've ever seen in my life. Wow, excellent! I think I saw some articles about that because of of how unique the uh, the way they were doing the environments were. Yeah, it's it's. It, it looks great on the iPad. That's where I've been playing it mostly. But like, it, I I really wish they would translate that. That's like a switch, and just it, it needs to get it needs to see a bigger audience. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool. Well, uh, by out of curiosity, Travis. So, what what did you give uh, Sky Resort? I give it an eight. Okay. Which uh, our previous reviewer uh, in 2011 gave it a, a perfect score, 10 out of 10, of uh, which which would not have been my score uh, in 2011 <laughs> for sure. Uh, but sure. Uh, yeah, teach their own. Um, he he. I think the previous reviewer. I don't know the guy, but I think he's a big Nintendo fan. I, he works at Nintendo now. So okay. Yeah. But yeah, the thing is, though, <laughs> with these from like 10 years ago, though, right? At the time, like, I mean, it probably was a perfect game, right? But yeah, with everything, for like ten years later in game development, I mean, now it's just like I would, I would have rated it a seven if I had to, but because my website doesn't really use review scores, so I mean, what we do is you know we recommend it or don't recommend it, and but if I had to give it a number, I, I would give it a seven. Just it is a Zelda game; it does a lot of the right things, but the biggest problems were it does a lot of hand holding, and that's kind of where I that that's where I have to draw the line. Like you can't just hold their hand the entire. 40 hours yeah. of the game. They actually do cut out a lot of the tutorialization that's in the original, which is one of the things I commented on in the review, but there's wow. still like weird wonkiness and stuff that they could have upgraded and didn't. And actually one is really egregious, which is there's a feature where you can instantly go between land and the sky, but the only way Nintendo lets you do it in the game is if you have the amiibo that has the Zelda <laughs> and the bird. I, I have it here. I have it here. I mean, I haven't even taken it out of the box. I doubt I will, but yeah, it's I not mean, that big of an issue just because I'm mean, like, really, you have those those bird statues everywhere. That's You're true, always skipping but... a throw from away from one, and you can literally it, just. <laughs> It is interesting, though, that, that they have the technology to do that, and they choose to only give it to people who buy their action figure. That's like, <laughs> to me, it's like, really? Like, I, I don't know. Anyway. I remember reading uh, about that when they announced it. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, that's, it's, a, it's, that's a pretty yeah. crazy one. It's a Nintendo thing to do. I mean, definitely, you think about it, it's, it's definitely what they, they do. They do things that don't really make sense. <laughs> yeah, and but my review of it now. is 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 that like obviously the motion controls are better on the Switch. I I kind of they're they're what I remember the Wii feeling like essentially, which is that they work like eighty percent of the time, but the twenty percent that they don't, you're just like so furious. Yeah. You're just like oh, you know? <laughs> and then the uh, the stick alternative that they give is they turn the right stick into the sword, but you have to kind of flick the stick around in order for the sword to swing. So at it's, least when yeah. I when I was playing with it, it's equally kind of like uh it like not accurate like because you're flicking the stick around at, at least on on occasion i would mess up which is also frustrating and then because you're reallocating the right stick to uh the sword it takes away your ability to move the camera so in order to move the camera you have to hold down the left yep. bumper and then move the right stick which means you can't move the camera and swing your sword at the same time and it's just like an it 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 adds more problems to a game that really didn't need it and the whole, you know, every boss is like, 
I'm blocking like this, which way must you swing the sword to hit me? And you have to like swing it from their open, you know, side to hit them. And even if you take out the motion controls, it still has that weird gimmick super baked into the DNA yeah. of like every puzzle is, Hey, isn't motion controls fun? You know what I mean? Like that's like every boss is like, Hey, motion controls. Cause it was a part of the original this. design, right? I exactly. Mean, yeah, and you can't yeah, take that out. So even if, DNA. even, even if yeah. you switch into the, uh, the stick mode, you're still basically doing a motion control game. And so the, the, those are the problems with it. But the, the positives are that it's an, it's an awesome Zelda game. It has one of the best stories in Zelda. It's got, yeah. you know, fun dungeons. I think the bosses are bad. A lot of people like the bosses uh, in that game, but I'm um, mixed on yeah. them. I mean, they're okay. The bosses are okay. It's just, like you said, it's just the motion controls. Like it was half baked, I would say at the time. I don't think the, the Wii was the right console for that. Then the, the Switch, I could imagine if they did like a Breath of the Wild motion control game, I think it'd be a lot better. But it, it we're not there yet. Yeah, man, you guys took us on a Zelda train there. The I, Zelda uh, train. Zelda's, Sometimes Zelda it happens. Train. I could talk about it. Yeah. with the uh, track, if you will. Graham with the two dollars super track gains his face and bottom praise the breath of the wild. I mean, wild. just yeah. to show you, I mean, like I'm always ready. <laughs> I have them here. I love Zelda. Ains, Ains, are you not a Breath of the Wild guy? You you don't like I, open world Zelda? Uh, it's not. So Zelda, um, like I grew up with it, of course. Um, so I, I enjoy some of them. Uh, I'm not a huge Zelda fan, um, but I do appreciate them. But I, I Breath of the Wild, I've been pretty outspoken on. I do not think that it is a pinnacle of open world games by any account. So, I would agree with that. Yeah. I that, don't know if no, that's a whole it's, different it's conversation. The, where it's, 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 it's the pinnacle of Zelda exploration, I'd say, but like that for me, Isn't it is the I mean, only Zelda game with exploration. It's not uh, a very I mean, high bar. I mean, they all have different levels of exploration, but like just the open world, like just the way they, they allowed you to move from area to area without, you know, those loading times and, it, it set the stage for the future, I think. I mean, it, it's building the blocks for the next four games, I'd say. Just because, like, you know, once they find their stride, they're going to stick with it for a couple games. They'll just change the story. We'll see what they do in two. I'm, I'm anxious to see if they improve the things I didn't I have. About I have a lot of theories, but, like, that's <clears> for another day. I mean, the yeah, way they're yeah, doing yeah. it, you can tell that they're kind of connecting the dots now because they don't want to place on the timeline and... Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole other conversation. That's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So let me get this uh, fat boy hard with a two uh, pound super chat. God, I can't land the plane in GTA. No chance in Flight Simulator. Um, yeah, I'm the same way. I played Flight Sim on PC for a little while, and uh, I don't think I ever landed successfully. So it's going to be interesting. It's impossible. <laughs> I have a flight stick, and I couldn't land that thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, no way. Um, so Dan, I know, uh, we talked yesterday, so, um, and again, kind of under embargo, so can't talk a lot. I've been right. playing the ascent for a, a little while now. I've got about 15 or so hours in it, uh, on PC and now I have the Xbox code. So I started playing Xbox last night. There is no cross progression. So, um, mm. yeah, you can't carry that over. So I'm going to finish on PC for the review. Um, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, well, just stay tuned for the review on that. Um, I, I can't really say anything, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah. The embargo is like stiff, but the embargo is all the way to the the date of release, like the morning of the 29th. So just stay tuned for our review. Um, we'll have that up in the future. But uh, Death Door. Yes. Anyone else playing Death Door? I hear everything about it, but I haven't. Me too. 
Like yes. it, it's, I'm at that point where if it's not on Game Pass, like I just automatically like don't buy it. Isn't <laughs> like, it on wait, Game Pass? I, no. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Like I used yeah, to buy everything a, on a, every console. And it's now a twenty dollar, like, twenty dollar game on Xbox. Yeah. Like I'm. Oh, so I thought it was on Game Pass. No, I, I, I got home. How much is I, it? Twenty bucks. I got, it's twenty dollars. Oh, that's nothing. I'm I got home uh, from vacation, and you know, Game Pass is, is getting to that point this year where it's going crazy, right? So I installed like seven games when I got home, but Death Store was the only one I bought, um, and I started playing it, really enjoying it. Jordan's in the chat. I know he loved it. Um, it's an excellent, excellent game. Ryan, who reviewed it for us, uh, gave it a nine, which is the first nine he's ever actually given in one of his reviews. Um, he's usually more stringent. So, uh, yeah, great game. Great game. I I was maybe 40% of the way through it, and then I got the code for sent to review. So now I'm kind of paused on it until I can get back to it. But, um, yeah, great game. Yeah, I've been busy with other stuff, but it seems like one of those games that's right up my alley. Like, I, I can't wait. To, I have it installed. It's on, like, my, you know, group on Xbox priority backlog. Like, I yeah. got to play that game. So uh, I'm literally going to buy it before the show is over. I mean, this is where <laughs> we're headed right now. This is well, what you've happens been so uh, excited for Tunic, right? And, right? and Tunic, as we saw in the demo, is really kind of that classic Zelda feel with some right. Souls elements. It's exactly what Death Door is. It, okay. it feels like a classic Zelda game with Souls elements. It looks cool. I yeah, mean, the art style I, is beautiful. My, my, I got basically this week. I just got in. Like, I'll keep mine super short because it's State of Decay two again. I don't know what happens. Wow. Every like month, like I will, like they they keep adding stuff. You know, to their Undead Labs, Labs credit. I mean, they have kept that game updated and have kept adding stuff. Just stuff that you didn't you you wouldn't expect. I started playing some of the Daybreak stuff. I finally got to the Heartland stuff, but I, I've taken this community and I'm at like day fifty something at this point because you can just keep going from different areas to different areas, and it just sucks me in every time. And then that's all I play for like a week or two straight, and then I'll go you know do something else for a little bit, and then but inevitably I end up coming back to it. It's so good, it's, I can't wait for three. That's basically all I've been playing this week, and a little. I know, bit I know we've all said it many times, but knowing what they did with two over the past couple of years, right? And as you said, they just continue to expand it, make it better. Series X optimized. Yep. Um, I actually installed it a couple of weeks ago again to check it out. But uh, knowing now that they're a Microsoft Studio, right, or Xbox Studio, um, and they have that kind of support and backing and funding, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with three. Um, yeah, I mean, they they don't have to, you know, really do much because they've added so much since the launch you know there's still it's still a little buggy maybe work on that a little bit uh maybe update you know the graphics a little bit and you know but just keep what you have because it's not super overwhelming you know you get those games where it's like you know there's so much that goes into it that you forget half of the mechanics and then you're like oh i could do that that's crazy i didn't know I could, you know so you know i, I think they, they got they found that right niche and it's just i just hope they they stay in it, you know, and, and expand on what they have. But I don't think they have to do as much as, you know, everybody thinks. It's 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 a really solid game. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. So let's uh, let's transition over to our main topic then, which is, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, <laughs> an obvious one. But we need to talk about Activision and Blizzard, the allegations against them, um, you know, what this kind of represents in terms of gaming culture. Uh, and what we've seen with other studios, be it Ubisoft, uh, Quantic Dream, um, you know, the list could go on and on around similar style 
of allegations and what is generally described, uh, for lack of a better phrase, as frat boy culture. Um, and it's it's kind of disheartening, right? Um, I, I think there's been a lot of opinions here. Obviously, people trying to share their opinions on social media never goes over very well because there's there's just not enough room for context and nuance and other things. Um, but I, I let me let me give my high level opinion on this. Um, and then, you know, I want to obviously hear what you guys think and we can kind of go into it a little deeper. But I think one of the big things that comes up when you see these types of allegations, a lot of people saying, well, we should uh, kind of boycott the company's games um, and stop buying them, right? Stop supporting them. Um, and I think there's a lot of nuance even to that conversation. Um, and then there's also uh, the some of the smaller sites I know, uh, such as, you know, Season Gaming, though we didn't kind of make this declaration is we're going to start stop covering them uh, until changes are made, right? There'll be no publication of anything to do with Activision or Blizzard titles. Um, so here's the, the kind of challenge I see. Uh, and, and I speak from some experience here being in a, a big corporation in leadership, um, having gone through years now of diversity and inclusion training. I mean, all kinds of things, right, that corporations do and good companies do. <laughs> um, it's 100% this is a big problem. Um, this is absolutely not something where it's like, well, we need to see what the comes of these allegations and what the evidence is. Uh, there, there's way too much evidence across way too many examples here to try and deny that this isn't a problem and doesn't exist. Um, it's absolutely a problem. It absolutely exists. And uh, the, some serious changes need to be made. The one challenge, well, not the one, many challenges, but one of the biggest challenges I see from consumer standpoint is when it comes to these types of corporations, especially, sadly, a corporation like Activision that is so top heavy in terms of their funding. Uh, I, I won't go on a rant about Bobby Kotick, though I could. Um, <clears throat> if you, you know... It, the, the simple mat matter of fact is if you stop buying the game, stop buying your Call of Duty points, whatever it is, right, Blizzard, et cetera, at the end of the day, yes, you're, you're going to kind of send a message, but you're also inevitably hurting the developers making those games. Um, even if you're not trying to, you're going to because that's how the corporation is going to be structured, right? And the, the new junior environment artist or whoever may be on working on these games, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of people across these corporations. Um, sadly, and I don't mean this from my perspective, but from these corporations who are poorly run or managed, whatever word you want to use, um, they are looked at as dispensable, right? Um, whereas someone like Bobby Kotick is not going to be suddenly out on his, uh, you know, out on welfare benefits, right? Um, so if he goes from $150 million bonus to $148 million bonus, uh, the point you've made has really not had the impact that you hoped it would, is the point. Um, and so where I stand on this, guys, this is an extreme challenge for all of us that we consider, whether you're part of IGN, you know, the biggest uh, media conglomerate uh, in gaming or uh, smaller sites like like Bobby, uh, Console Creatures and Season Gaming. There, I think there's a responsibility to talk about these things, to shine a spotlight on it, to make sure there's conversation, to not just talk about it for a couple of days and then forget it ever happened. Um, I think we need to stay on it. But I don't think there's any kind of golden arrow or golden solution as to how we as consumers and we as uh, publications can directly impact uh, you know, change here. I think it's going to be a long winded thing like it is for many 
kind of um, long-standing issues in cultural society, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, sorry guys, that was kind of long-winded, but um, it, it's a big topic and, uh, you know, open to anyone wants to kick us off on, on their thoughts here or counter anything I said for that matter. Um, yeah, I can talk about it a little. Um, first of all, uh, I want to give a shout out to the IGN reporters that broke this. Uh, Joseph Noop and some other people uh, did a great job uh, covering this stuff. Um, but also, I think uh, the the conversation around like whether to support Activision, since that's something you touched on, I'll, I'll give my thoughts there. Is that you know Activision Blizzard are the the people that. I guess you should be mad at and that the lawsuit is uh is is directly kind of going for right but they're also the the victims of the of the culture right like the people who work there are the in and are in the the activision offices offices making the games uh that that you want to boycott are also the people who are having to deal with it so okay. I, I i kind of agree that that you know it, it doesn't it doesn't really help um on the other side of the argument. Um, I see a lot of people online saying like, Oh, you know, these are just allegations. Let's wait till uh, the courts kind of hash it out. And I, I definitely agree with that sentiment. I think uh, innocent until proven guilty is a, is a good idea. I'm glad that I'm glad that it's the law of the land here. Cause not every country has that. Uh, that said 98% um, of the time, a case like this is going to settle out of court specifically because companies don't want to have this uh, stuff brought into the public eye. They don't want to have to go through the books and, and show that to, to you know, people uh, publicly in a court. And so um, if you wait to, to get the final verdict from court, you're, you're probably going to be waiting forever. Like these things really don't see the light of day most of the time. So I think that if you're going to default to defending someone, you should probably be uh, defending the people that, uh, actually are people not not a corporation that that uh, doesn't have a face and will probably never actually have this uh, reach the light of day so um, I would just encourage people to have empathy and and maybe believe that these allegations are true with the assumption that you probably will never find out for sure uh, and and that uh, there's there's really no harm in supporting these people because um, you know worst case scenario it's not true and Activision probably ends up having to pay a lot of money anyway, and, and you never really figure it out. So uh, I, I would just say, you know, I, I tend to, to say in this situation, I'm going to assume that there's something shady going on. Um, California, the state of California is the people suing them, and they've been doing a two-year investigation that's pretty thorough. So I would say uh, the odds are pretty good that something is amiss here. And then also just on a personal level, I'm sure everyone who has been to like an E3 has dealt with this, but if you go to the Activision booth and you talk to the people there and meet some of the people in charge, you, you sort of get what their company's about. I don't, I don't mean to say that in a, in a like a offensive way, but you, you kind of get a, a sense of what their culture is. And I don't know that a lot of people are surprised by this personally. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And you touched on something there. I forgot to, which was, it is the state of California um, kind of doing this deep investigation and, and, where the court case will be held. And if you're not too familiar with uh, kind of state laws versus federal laws and workplace conditions, uh, I can guarantee you because I deal with them on a near weekly basis that uh, when it comes to state law and workplace conditions and regulations, messing with California is a bad idea. Um, California is extremely stringent, the toughest laws on workplace regulations in the country. 
And uh, if if this investigation turns out that you know these allegations are true, and they kind of find discover more and more about this, uh, Activision will pay a heavy price. Yeah. So. And this is actually not the first time California has taken a stand in the video game industry. A couple of years ago, they did this with the League of Legends uh, creators, uh, Riot Games. Right. It's sort of yeah. a very similar situation. Uh, so, I, I I also think that some of this the problems in this culture. I don't think that the people at Activision are like evil and that they fostered this intentionally to hurt people. I think it's probably something that happens over time. And I think one of the reasons that it happens in the games industry so often is because we are an extremely young industry. A lot of the people who work in, in the video games industry are right out of college. There's mm-hmm. a lot of alcohol involved in uh, the games industry and in and, and development. And I think that that frat boy culture happens because a lot of the people who work in the games industry probably are just fresh out of a fraternity, right? And and there's that like dating and drinking and all that stuff uh, kind of built in. So I think it's a, a problem that the games industry needs to reflect on and realize that we are a pretty youthful industry. We have a a kind of that, that retaining the spirit of youth built in us since we are making and playing games. It's sort of built around uh, that. So I think it's not, um, not a coincidence that this happens so often in the games industry. And I think it's an opportunity to lift our industry up and do something that a lot of industries have failed to do, which is actually address these problems and uh, fix them before they become like, you know, a, a part of our DNA that we can't get out. And so I, I think this has an opportunity to be a really um, important touchstone in our industry um, and, and address some of that stuff that, that other industries don't have to deal with because they don't have our, our level of youth. And I live in San Francisco, so I deal with this all the time because this is home of the tech industry, which is exactly the same as the video game industry. It's all really young people who are ambitious and, and, uh, doing great things, but also um, have a very youthful party culture kind of built in because of the age group or the people that tend to be involved. And it's sort of a unique problem to those industries. So, yeah, yeah, good point. And uh, Beast Mode comments, Travis Wright watching Hogue's video. That's Rich Hogue uh, on Twitter, who a uh, good friend of uh, many of us. So if you haven't checked him out, please do. He does some great work. Suit is designed around discrimination. Highly like it will be an out of court settlement, right? Hope the employees speak up and stick together 100%. So, yeah, so. Bobby, Dan, who wants to uh, touch on this next? Um, I can jump in. So, I mean, I just like you guys, I'm following it along. My biggest concern is, we're, like Travis said, it's going to be said a lot of court. We're not going to hear anything about it. But we need to hear about this because this is not just at Activision. This is at Ubisoft. This is at Quantic Dream. This is at every studio. It's just this is the one that's coming to light right now. And until we learn the details and understand what's going on as consumers because this affects us just as much as it affects the workers. I mean, we're the ones who are paying for these people to, to do these things. We need to understand why it's happening and they need to be transparent about it from the top to the bottom because if they don't tell us what's going on, someone else will and it's going to get worse. It's going to leak out somewhere and it, it'll just it'll be like a trickle, like a waterfall effect. As it comes down, we're gonna start learning the, like the, the more the gruesome details. And as you've seen already, there are some gruesome details in this lawsuit. And I th- yeah. I think the best way to proceed about it is just have a channel open for for these executives to 
or not even executives, like a third party where they can explain what's happening, what they're proceeding, how how it affects everybody. Because I mean, this is this happens every couple months. You see this every couple months where a new story pops up saying, "Hey, this company's have a handful of allegations happening." And well, how do we address this? Like the problem is, there's never been a solution where they can settle and it, it improves the company. It just they 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 nip it in the bud for a bit and then it comes back. It basically it's just like it's, it's like a hydrate. You cut one head off and then it comes back. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of where the problem is. Like you see it every you see it every couple of months, and that's why I'm concerned because you pay these executives hundreds of millions of dollars and they're oblivious to the fact that this is happening in their company. Yeah, it is shocking to me. Uh, like I said, you know, working for a big company. Um, and understanding things I go through on a daily basis basis in terms of conversation with leadership. Like, I, you know, I read these allegations, right? And I, I'm not going to rehash all of them. I think many of us have read these and kind of the horrific scenes that are painted by some of these um, people that either still work at Blizzard or used yeah. to work at Blizzard. Um, I, I told Dan the other day, you know, it, it's shocking to someone like me because, I mean, <laughs> I can tell you definitively at my company, and like I said, big company, uh, big corporation in America, California company, um, one instance, one statement, one word, uh, if I utter or had done anything even remotely close to this, I would be gone. Yeah. I mean, I'd be gone tomorrow. It wouldn't even be a consideration. Um, there'd be no discussion. I would just be gone. Uh, and I'm a 22-year employee. Uh, in leadership, like I said. So it's just, it's shocking to me that, um, you know, that the companies continue to have these things going on. And I do think it ties back to what Travis said around kind of that in, it's an ingrained culture, right? It's a, it's something that's been there for a long time. It speaks to the, the youth of the people coming out of college, as you said, Travis, and, and I think it's there, but it's just, it is shocking to me that even, you know, the executives, right, who get up and, and are supposed to be leading these companies effectively, they're not youthful, right? Um, they, they need to have some sort of better, I guess, control or, or uh, trickling down, if you will, of their methodologies and beliefs. And it's just it's it's shocking to me. Um, Dan, not to not to hold you off on more. But, you know, one of the things I have here is the uh, the Blizzard uh, co-founder and the former CEO, Mike Moran. He offered a statement uh, a couple days ago. Now, this is a little long, but um, let me read this because he basically, um, you know, apologizes for failing. Uh, women and other, and other, you know, kind of uh, uh, people at the company. So, you know, I, I won't read every word because it is long. It's a full kind of letter. But he said, you know, I've read it. I've read the full complaint against this. Uh, it's very disturbing and difficult to read. He was, uh, like I said, co-founder. He's at Blizzard for 28 years. Um, he tried very hard to create an environment that was safe and welcoming for people of all genders and backgrounds. Uh, knew it was not perfect, but uh, he didn't realize how far they were from that goal. Um, he said, obviously, harassment and discrimination exist, and they're prevalent in our industry, as we're speaking to. It's a responsibility of leadership to keep all employees feeling safe, supported, treated equitably. Um, obviously, that goes on. Uh, he basically says to the Blizzard women who experience any of these things, I am extremely sorry that I failed you. Um, I realize that these are just words, but I want to acknowledge the women who have had awful experiences. I hear you. I believe you. And I'm so sorry I let you down. Um, so at least, you know, I mean... It, he doesn't have the power to make the change now, but he acknowledges it. And I think that's important. And uh, I, I think more people, uh, leadership across these major companies in the gaming industry need to come out and be very, very clear uh, and very vocal about how the industry needs to change. 
Um, and I sadly, I, I don't know, maybe it's too early. Maybe I, I don't think it's too early because we've been hearing about this for a while, as you guys said, but um, I'm sadly, it feels like it, in my opinion, not enough leaders are speaking up about it. And I don't know if they're just kind of afraid to touch the topic and don't want to draw that attention towards themselves and their company. It's still in court would be my guess. They can't, yeah, that's true yeah, too. You can't, you can't straight up admit that it happened if you're, if you're, if you're pending uh, a court date for this sort sure. of thing. But uh, I mean, circling back to this, Mike, like Mike, uh, Mike's statement, I mean, look at the comments underneath it. You have former employees calling him out and be like, you knew, you knew all about this. And, I'm with them. Like, I believe in like the CEO does know everything. Like that's their job. They're supposed to know the, the left, like he's, they're supposed to know the business from the top to the bottom. They're supposed to know everything that's going on. And their job is to keep the company running. But at the same time, it's like, you know, all these things, why aren't you addressing them? Your job is to steer the ship in the right direction. And it's always profits, profits control everything. And when the money's flowing in, like, what's to worry about? You're, I mean, you're, I, you're, go ahead. I, I tend to think this is probably something that's happening at the at the middle manager level. Just based on the description of the events, it sounds like this is something that was happening on the ground floor. And I don't think that's something that CEOs probably are super close to. Like I said, I, I think that this is a youth culture type of thing. So I'm, I'm not saying that he didn't know or that the signs weren't there, but I, I think definitely the leadership at Activision uh, Blizzard has at the very least taken their eye off the ball when it comes to yeah. like what's happening with their company. Yeah. And that is something that they should be held responsible for. But like, you know, were the, was the CEO of like Activision, like straight up himself denying people promotions and harassing people? No, like no, no, probably no. not, probably not. Right. Like it's probably, no, it's, it's probably a, 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 a culture that sort of like crept into the company and it wasn't squashed out because of, you know, lack of safeguards against that or lack of understanding of what was happening and that sort of stuff. So it, it's an interesting, you know, I, 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 I don't know who is to blame, but I, I wouldn't just go so far as to assume that Mike and his letter is just bald face lying about, you no, know, no, it's, uh, it's never white, white and black like that. There's always like shades of everything. Like there's a lot of things to consider in this case here. I, it's always the management, like the management, they have the freedom to do things and because the ceo trusts them like he he he's their hands off and that's the that's the way the ceo should be like they should guide the ship within reason they should just understand what's going on with the crew though like, and that's where i'm kind of where i think the disconnect is the, the ceo doesn't know what's happening all the time with mid-management and that that's a lot of companies i mean i've worked with a big industry leader in canada and Luckily, I was very fortunate to have a CEO who was hands-on with not only with the mid-management, but with like the store-level employees where he would visit them and talk to them. And it was a really inspiring CEO that I, I dealt with. Like he knew the ins and outs. He knew everybody's names. He knew what like their families. He was a very hands-on. And that's kind of what I've learned to deal with as a very hands-on CEO who knows the people and the industry well. But like you said, it's a different beast when you're talking about the gaming industry where it's like a college culture and it's just like it's a very different beast than what everyone knows because we a lot of us only know what we know of the industry through gaming or podcasts or websites and then there's a few of us like you and i who who do speak to people in, in the studios and like we have friends who work in these studios and what they tell us is a lot different than what, what we're, we're used to yeah 
Yeah. So there's uh, some good comments I want to get to, a couple super chats I want to get to. But Dan, you've been uh, been patient um, <laughs> as we've kind of rambled on here. I so mean, pl please go ahead and add whatever yeah, you like. It's it's basically. I mean, everything you guys have said is correct. Um, the way I kind of look at the whole thing, I, I don't think the boycotting is really going to do much of anything. It traditionally doesn't, um, and that that goes for you know kind of all aspects, all businesses. Um, Unfortunately, um, I think this has the potential to swing that maybe because it's such a big company. But, you know, I, I, I question how many of your day to day players, you know, your your casual or, you know, Call of Duty players know anything about this. You right. know, even, you know, it's if they don't follow along with the news. You know, they may never know, you know, unfortunately. Um, it's disgusting. It's horrendous. I mean, it's 2021. I don't understand why these policies aren't in place everywhere. I mean, even smaller companies have these policies. It's just how it is. And unfortunately, you know, apparently Activision just said, no, we're not going to, you know, we're good. It, it blows my mind, especially when you see it you know, from companies like Ubisoft in the past, you know, you, you, you've seen examples. People have a, a really hard time learning from others' mistakes. And that, you know, can be said for, you know, again, several industries, uh, including the gaming industry in several facets of it. And it, it just, I, I'm usually, like when this news broke, I was just like, I, I can't believe stuff like this still happens. Like never, yeah. never in my mind that I ever, you know, look at somebody and go, I'm going to, you know, this is how I'm going to act around this person. I mean, it's just like a decent human being wouldn't do this kind of stuff. And it blows my mind that there are this many. Um, I also watched the uh, Richard Hoag's video and it's, it's a really good watch. And I really recommend anybody that hasn't seen it yet, go check it out. Um, I think it's Hoag Law on YouTube. Yep. H -O -G -E. Um We'll link it in the, in the comments because yeah. it is good. Yeah, um, it, it's 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 really really good. Um, but it, it was a really interesting viewpoint because you know we all do we all look at the harassment because that's the you know the prevalent thing. You know that's what everybody's just like. Oh my gosh! But you know, like Travis said, if this comes to a point where they're just going to settle out of court, what happens then? Do we forget about it two or three months from now, and and you know just kind of push it under the bridge? What has Activision been doing? According to them, they've been, you know, this has been going on for uh, two years or longer, the investigation, and they have made these changes. You know, is that true or not? I mean, I don't know. You know, it, it's so hard to get the actual facts correct. And it's, I totally believe all these allegations. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It did maybe three or four years ago, but at that point, you know, while harassment has always, you know, happened and it's always been in the news, it just, you know, I never correlated it with, I guess, the gaming industry. So, you know, seeing this stuff, it kind of makes me sad that, you know, this hobby that I love and, and these products that are putting are getting put out, you know, these companies have these internal issues that it, it, it's just, I want to strangle my mic, you know, because <laughs> it just makes me so angry. But hopefully they get this settled hopefully other companies are proactive from here on out you know instead of 
you know, it, it sucks that this is what it takes to get to, you know, these people that start realizing it. Um, and, and shout out to everybody, you know, at IGN that, you know, that broke this. It, it's, it's something that needs to be told. And um, I don't know, man, I'm just kind of disgusted about the whole thing. Yeah, and I think to your point too, that what makes me even more frustrated and sad about it, right, is that you follow, we all follow a lot of people within the industry, um, developers, publishers, you know, all kinds of people. And, and I've seen so many that I follow who work at uh, different levels within different companies um, all across the industry and have for years, right? Uh, just kind of share stories this week of their own experiences and some of the discrimination and harassment and comments and all these different things they face. And it's just, it's, it's disappointing, frustrating, and and to Dan's point, it's it's mind-boggling. Like I just yeah. don't, it doesn't, I can't comprehend that happening on a, uh, you know, within a company. And I, I quickly looked up while you're talking, Dan. So Activision Blizzard is about ten thousand employees, just under. Um, so so big company, um, but by you know far from the biggest. My company's bigger than that by uh, by a substantial margin. Um, and like I said, I mean, <laughs> we we. The entire company I work for went through uh, a, a long leadership, uh, diversity, inclusion, and all kinds of things related to behavior of, of, of the past few years. Um, and that was just doubling down on prior beliefs from the CEO down, right? That's not like that was the first time we'd done that. Um, it's just shocking to me that we don't have stronger leadership in some of these companies that, uh, you know, kind of in these areas. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we've said quite a bit here. Let me quickly, before you guys add anything more, let me get these super chats and some of the comments because there's some good comments as well. And suddenly a fly has joined me. I don't know why. Nice. Um, <clears throat> so Mo, good morning, Mo. Happy Sunday, everyone. Cheers to you guys, your guests, and everyone watching. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Uh, and Fatboy again with the five uh, pounds super chat. Good luck getting Kotick to take responsibility. He died his own sex case in 2010. Yeah, and like I said, I, I don't want to go on a rant about Kotick, though we could. Um, I know that uh, Windows Central and Jez over there put out an article about Kotick specifically, specifically as CEO. Um, uh, Nick, sorry, go ahead, Travis. Uh, no, I said I think it was 2007. The, uh, 2000, the yeah, the flight attendant thing. I think it was yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Kotick, we could again, we could have many examples, right? Um, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, Nick says CEO should have people in place under them where everything related to the company gets cascaded. It's a leadership problem. They failed those employees. It's not like this was an isolated case. Uh, yeah, 100. percent And like I said, that's. I don't want to keep harping on it, um, but that's the responsibility of leadership. You know, when I mean, that's just that's when these they do they they get cascaded, and it's your responsibility to translate this down to your employees. And if you're not, then um, you need to be gone. Uh, Mitchie dies a lot. Good morning, guys. I'm seeing some new faces in chat, so thank you guys all for coming out. Um, Mitchie dies a lot. Says, where was HR department and all this? So. You know, I've seen a few other people bring this up, and I've I've worked directly again yeah. with our HR department leadership and uh, in multiple companies actually. Um, I, I can tell you one of the biggest misnomers, uh, and I mean this genu uh, genuinely, is that um, HR is there to protect the employee. And in a lot of cases, that's just simply not true. Uh, HR HR is there to protect the company, and uh, sadly. Uh, as frustrating as it may be for employees who feel like um, some of their internal communications, you know, companies have ethics departments, they have obviously human resources and these other things. But um, sadly, you will not find recourse in those avenues a lot of the time. 
It really depends on the company, how it's structured, and again, goes back to executive leadership. Um, so from some of the allegations we saw in this is even though many of these things were brought to HR, um, HR's, I won't say complicit, but you know, obviously not able to, to kind of dictate the change that needs to occur. Didn't they put out like a statement? Like the, I think it's, uh, I can't remember what his or her name was, uh, the HR representative, they put out a statement, uh, not necessarily denying the stuff, but, you know, saying that they're, you know, aware of it and that, you know, that I know Activision put out their own that was like, no, this is, you know, a lot of this is untrue. Their statement was, was pretty false. tone deaf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. You know, so <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's the thing, you know, where does it go from here is going to be the real question. You know, we can sit here and, and be disgusted and we are about what happened, but, you know, we need, they need to move forward and, um, whatever it is, whatever route that they decide to go. Um, and, and, and that's really what's going to dictate, I think, future events and future occurrences like this happening. When you see a company this big, one of the biggest gaming companies, you know, get taken down by, you know, the state of California, which they should be, um, you know, hopefully people will start paying more attention. You know, I, I thought that was going to happen when Ubisoft, you know, got kind of, you know, they got dinged for it. But, one of the people who was accused of, you know, the alleged sexual harassment was, I think, promoted to a, a, another. He's like part of the a, Assassin's Creed new team. Like, right. Yeah. And, and like, it just blows my mind that, yeah. that there were still at this point, you know, where, <laughs> you know, yes, I mean, I, I can forgive certain things, but, you know, this kind of thing, I mean, you shouldn't be with the company, period. I mean, that, that top you know it's like no you're gone that, that shouldn't even be a question you know don't give them the opportunity to step down you just take them out of the equation so i mean we're, like i said they're not learning from these things you know and we see it repeated over and over and over again and until that stops you know this is going to continue to be a problem so we see it from all the companies um and it's just it's really unfortunate so so what do you let me ask you guys this because we've got a, a good mix on this panel today especially with bobby here as well around um coverage gaming coverage right uh for publications uh you know outlets etc channels where do you guys stand on saying uh we're not going to cover activision and blizzard titles until there's meaningful change do you think that has any impact whatsoever on driving that change uh, no, I don't think it has any meaningful impact. And I also think that, uh, there's no way that you can know if there's been meaningful change. I mean, That's they, can, true. they can settle out of court. They can say that they're changing things, but, um, you know, silence, silence is not necessarily good news as we've learned this investigation has been going on for several years and it wasn't really at the top of anybody's reporting. So, um, let's not forget that this happened because of coverage of Activision and Blizzard, right? Like it's because it's a company you care about and because a, a outlet or outlets decided to investigate this and figure out what was going on and, and get the scoop here. So um, no, I, I don't think that's probably the way, right way to go. I think it's sort of the same uh, question as like, should we boycott? Like you could, if you want personal decision, but uh, you know, you, you, you don't know for sure that you're hurting the people that you intend to be with your, yes. with your action there. And I, mm -hmm. I, I would say the same of like game coverage is, um, you know, the 
we care about this happening because we care about these companies, right? And I don't think that we have to hate all of the properties and we have to hate the company. We have to hate what's happening at it. And we have to feel empathy for the people that it's happening to and uh, do everything we can to make it better. But, um, you know, I don't think that that necessarily, you know, I, I've seen a lot of like shaming online, right? Like, oh, you're a streamer who plays Warzone. How dare you? You know, stuff like that. I don't think that's helpful. I don't think that really adds anything to the debate. And I would say kind of the same thing about like not covering the games. Like I, I get the sentiment of people make their own decisions, but me, to me personally, I'm looking at this. I say, there's probably a lot of other things you can do, including covering these games and maybe continuing the dialogue about what's happening at this company as you do so. Um, yes, would be would be my recommendation. But everybody makes their own decisions. But for me personally, I don't I don't think it's super useful. Yeah, and my comment earlier about kind of uh, not stopping coverage, but rather spotlighting these issues, um, is my opinion on I think being um, more effective. Right to your point, uh, the people at IGN that you mentioned earlier and other kind of major outlets that really started to drive with this, you know, that that's why we're talking about it, right? If it wasn't covered uh, and kind of brought to the spotlight, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. Um, and let's not forget, as I said, it's a 10,000 employee company and we don't know how many, I hate the word bad apples, but you know what I mean? Um, how many people are involved in, in kind of these allegations we've heard, but we also know there's, you know, probably many, many good people, right, at Activision who are disgusted by this as well, who didn't even know any of this was going on and reading it go, oh, God, how is this happening at the company I work for? There's there's a lot of nuance. Um, and I think, Bobby, you said it earlier, you have to be very careful with drawing black and whites in situations like this. Um, right. I think we can all agree uh, the decent people who I think uh, are our chat in this community here with Season Gaming, um, the decent people that this is uh, outrageous. We've already covered it. Uh, it's unfathomable that this continues to go on. Um, but I, I agree with you, Travis, that uh, we need to talk about it. We need to spotlight it. We need to make sure we don't stop talking about it and just go on about our business next week and act like this never happened. Um, I think that's important too. But Bobby, where do you stand, man? Did you guys make any comment on this or have you made any decision around what your outlet is going to cover, talk about, et cetera, with relation to this? So, yeah. So we did put out a statement. I believe it was Thursday when everything kind of was in the public eye. I mean, I kind of spoke to the team. We all set, we all pretty much agree we should probably stop covering Activision. But, okay. you know, that was just, a, that was just, a, off the cusp decision, but thinking back now, I'm thinking, you know, like these are employees that that work for a company that has, like you said, bad apples. Or even though that's not the term we want to use, the problem is, like we said, there's a lot of good people that work there, and boycotting their games is not going to help them. It's going to hurt them in the long run. It's how they get paid. So I'm trying to find the balance now, where where I want to not. Basically, I don't want to just not cover them anymore. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to speak to the team that I have that that we write with and see if we can just maybe put like a disclaimer at the beginning of our articles, maybe something where it's like, hey, this is what's going on with Activision. Like we haven't heard much of what's still going on with their current issues, but like this is what we know. This is what's happened. This is where the situation is. So it's just trying to find, like you said, now trying to find a balance of whether we – just stop covering them or just spotlight every article with like a disclaimer at the beginning saying, Hey, here's, here's their current Activision Blizzard situation. And 
I don't know. It's just it's a really it's 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 a fluid situation. It's changing every day. Like you're getting different allegations every day. You're getting more information, but I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to decide what to do. I I want to see it through. I want to help these employees to my the best of my ability. And our readership is pretty loyal, so it's like <laughs> this seems to they agree with the decision that we've made. But I mean, I don't know if it's the right one. It was the right one a couple days ago, I think. But right now, it's it's hard to say. I I want to do more than just write about what's going on. Yeah, and I, as I said, right, I don't think there is a golden solution here. It's not like exactly. any of us have an answer that's perfect for the situation. Um, that's why I was curious. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's it's a bad decision. I don't think it's a, a wrong decision. And like I said, I don't think anyone is necessarily right. Um, but you know, I I do think again, I do think it's important that uh, groups like ourselves are talking about it uh, and speaking out against it. And, you know, making sure that other companies are hearing us, because I, as I said earlier, I believe it's very important that leadership and other publishers and other big companies, I mean, Activision is huge in the gaming community, as Dan said, and we all know that. Um, but you have the Xboxes, you have the Playstations, you have the Nintendos, you have uh, Ubisoft and EA um, and, you know, all these companies that need to be speaking out against this. Uh, and I just I want to see more of that. I. It's it's weird to have to say I want to see them speak out against something that seems so bleedingly obvious, right? Like yeah, you yeah. shouldn't have to say this is unacceptable. It's society; it should be known that it's unacceptable. But here we are; we are seeing examples of this, and I, I think it's important that leadership just double down, even if you know there's some fantastic companies in the gaming community that I'm sure treat their employees spectacularly, mm -hmm. uh, and we see examples of that, right? We see people all the time saying, "I love working for this company." That's great. A leadership still needs to be out in front and saying, you know, just to double down on this here, here's what we believe. Here's what we do. And uh, we believe, you know, any allegations or to your point, Travis, you can't say what Activision is doing because it's allegations, but you can say any allegations like this, you know, uh, should, should not be welcome and we should all be speaking out against it. Yeah. yeah so, I also, uh, sorry. Uh, I also uh, wanted yeah, to, just, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, no, I no, also no. wanted to say that, um, I think there one thing we need to remember while we look at this is that this isn't why any of us got into this industry. Like I didn't decide to write for IGN because I wanted to like deal with uh, sexual harassment and like deep seated <laughs> culture issues at corporations. Like that's right. not what my goal was. And I would just say, try to have a little bit of empathy for different viewpoints on the way people are dealing with this, because I don't think that this is any of our preferred area that we want to work in. And it's definitely not our areas of expertise, right? Unless you're uh hog law talking about uh, the, the ins and outs of, of the legal proceedings, right. you're probably not in your element here. So I would just say right. if you're, if, if you're mad at some, uh, some streamer, cause he's playing, a game that's made by Activision. Just keep in mind that you know he started streaming because he likes playing games and uh, doing it on Twitch. He doesn't. This isn't. He he doesn't have a a PhD in like you know workplace or legal or any of that stuff. So just realize people are dealing with this in different ways, and I don't think there's a wrong or right right way to do it. So try to have empathy and understanding, and and uh, and and don't bully people into into treating it a certain way or not covering Activision or insisting on covering them or or whatever. Just just keep in mind that this is really no one's uh, area of expertise and certainly no one's passion who got into this industry. Uh, and it's something that we're all being forced to think of right now because it, it's affecting us. But uh, 
you know, I would, I would just encourage people to have empathy about this thing and realize yeah. there's a lot of different ways to look at this. And I don't think any of them are, are, uh, are malicious, at least intentionally uh, trying to, to be a bad actor here. Like we're, we're all hoping that this will be resolved in a, in a way yeah. that's equitable and, and uh, moves the industry forward. But there's just a, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to figure out how to do that. And, and I think everybody's kind of, of in the process of, of processing that. So that's, that's a very good point. Um, because I think, uh, especially in the culture we have today with instant reactions, it's very easy for people to draw these hard lines immediately. And if you're not doing this, you're doing it wrong. Um, so I'm glad you called that out. And, you know, as you were saying that it made me think of someone like, I don't know any of them, but you know, like overwatch pro player, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you're a pro player for Overwatch and that's your means of of life uh, and you see these allegations and you see the company that makes that game uh, being thrown, uh, everything we've already discussed, you know, that's concerning. Right. And it's not like you're choosing to support anything negative to do with Activision Blizzard or these allegations. It's just, you know, that that's what you do. Um, you know, you got into it because of your passion for Overwatch. Um, so it's yeah, it's a tough situation for sure. So sorry, Bobby, you're going to say. Yeah, so what we've done in the past before is like, so for Ubisoft, we'll, our reviews will start with, you know, this is what's happening. Please take this into mind when you decide to buy this game or pass it up. And then we just let the our readers decide, like, do you want to support them or do you want not want to support them? And that's kind of what I think the best course of action is for media at this point. I mean, just let, the, let, let your readers decide what, what what's right and wrong. Do you want to support them or you don't want to support them? And I, I, I'm, I know I, I kind of jumped the gun, I guess, on Thursday, but I, I don't like seeing these things happen to, to people. I mean, this shouldn't be happening. It should, this shouldn't even be the top of discussion in this industry. Our, our goal is, you know, talk about games and how, how they make us feel, how they bring people together, not how they're tearing companies apart and people killing people. And that's not what games about. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm, I'm taking this a little bit to heart just because I, I mean, we've all been playing games for, for decades now. And it's like, this is, this is not, this is not our industry. This is not yeah. what we do. Yeah. Completely agree. And, and I, I don't and, think you should feel bad about anything you guys did a couple of days ago with your decision. I think, as you said, this is a kind of a, a malleable thing that's adjusting as we go. Exactly. And we're all figuring out how to deal with it. So, um, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't feel bad about that at all. Uh, no. So yeah, going forward, I know, I'll speak to the team, but like, I, I think we just have to reassess this every couple of days and see like, what do we want to do? What do we want to do today about this? How can we help? And I, I going forward, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm upset about it just because like, I, I, I was, I shouldn't say I was part of it, but like I, I was witness to an allegation once and it, it it's rough. Like it's, it wasn't that serious, but like it's rough. Even yeah. the smallest ones hurt. Like they, they hurt. Yeah, fair but, enough. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, as much as I like Activision's games, like they do put out some good games and like we can't deny that. The, we, we have to support the employees that are making these games first before anything of course of course what do you guys think let me ask you this real quick before we go on what do you think uh how do you think sony responds with any kind of statement because they they basically have you know most of you know the call of duty um uh, you know the, the, i don't know if it's licenses but they have all the 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 
the marketing deals, the marketing stuff, pro stuff. league. Yeah, because I haven't heard a thing from them. Maybe I missed it. But I'm curious how you know what you think they need to do, or if you guys think that they'll actually do anything, or even yeah. you know. To you, you know, that's an interesting point, Dan. I, I think that goes back to what I was saying about I, I want leadership at other companies to speak up about this. Mm -hmm. But I think what you're driving kind of towards a bigger picture there is, you know, it, again, allegations. Right. So you have to be careful. Right. right. Um, but if if depending on what happens here, you know, that's those are the types of decisions that can really impact Activision. Right. If PlayStation comes out and right. says that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It says, hey. You know these allegations are true say what ha whatever happens right stuff further stuff comes out or or gets proven and playstation says yeah we're, we're cutting all deals we've we've seen that in other industries right mm -hmm. um uh, i'm not getting into yeah. the political space but we saw stuff with the political space and things that happen where it's like companies mm -hmm. are we're not donating to these companies anymore and when you start to these big 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 companies that are talking hundreds of millions and into billions of dollars and they start um you know removing their support for you right. then that's how you're going to really have an impact and and that's where kind of board of directors start to make changes to ceos and, and yeah. chief executives so right. yeah um, that's i think that's when you're hitting the bottom line that 100 oh, you know us yeah. not buying diablo 4 you know isn't going to yeah. do much i mean i mean like you say you don't go too much political but i mean look at you know like the goya situation you know a year ago it yeah. actually helped their company as opposed to because they got basically free advertising mm -hmm. you know and it's unfortunate you know from what was going on or whatever you know depending on where you landed but it, it just that's why i said it earlier you know boycotts typically don't work and you know it, it's it's it these, these these ceos aren't gonna take a cut before they take away you know 100 jobs no wait, just we just what, saw it yeah. i mean we just yeah. saw that from blizzard what a couple months yep. ago uh, yep. It was like 200. Someone in chat, or you guys can correct me, but wasn't it like 240 employees or something were were let go? Uh, yeah. And and Kotick got a 160 million dollar bonus. It's yeah. just that's it's, 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 it's nature, gross, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but I, I just I think somebody like Sony could come out and make a huge statement, you know, getting past the the whole allegations and everything else. You know, if this all ends up being 100 percent true, it's all proven, it's all you know documented. They can come out and say, you know what, we're 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 ending our. That would hurt. You know, that's going to hurt a lot more. I think than you know, thousands of people maybe not buying a game or something like that. You yeah, and I mean? think further to that point too. I was thinking the other day, like um, development companies who choose to publish with Activision, right? Mm -hmm. And they stop doing that, like Sekiro, for instance, from From Game of the Year, sold millions of copies, great games, published by Activision, right? Um, because it's just from doesn't publish their own games, obviously. So when developers like that, who have notable titles, right? Like uh, Elden Ring say, Hey, we're, we're going with a different publisher where we're not going to work with you anymore. That's, yeah. that's what'll drive true change for sure. Yep. I think so. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Doom Killer, Good to see you, man. I know he always tries to make our show. So uh, it looks like the time helped you out. Fantastic. All right, guys, we are going to move on unless you have anything else to add to that large conversation we just had Ooh. all right let's let's get back to talking about the thing we like right let's talk yeah. about some games let's let's turn this around so ea play was this week um i i, I don't know about you guys uh i was surprised at its quality it was a quality show 
Um, and I don't mean that sarcastically. I really don't. But for someone who has been to EA Play uh, in the LA area the past couple of years before the pandemic, of course, and kind of covered this, the shows really weren't that good, uh, at least in my opinion. Um, this show, great host. I forget the gentleman's name, but very energetic, you know, a little bit over the top, of course, because it's a, a game show, but he did a great job. Um, the games they showed and what they, how they presented them, the conversations, in my opinion, guys, was really well done. Uh, we saw more Battlefield, which Game Rant chose to just completely break embargo ahead of time by announcing Battlefield Portal, which was kind of funny to witness. Um, but you have Battlefield 2042, of course. Uh, you have Lost in Random, which is a fantastic-looking EA original from the developer of, uh, what was it, uh, Ghost Giant and Fae. Uh, I, I really like the look of that game. You've got Dead Space, man. Dead Space is back. The rumors are true. Motive is developing it. It's a remake of Part 1, and uh, even the commentary around it was excellent. You know, they, They've brought in uh, some of the big Dead Space kind of streamers and community for feedback. They're reworking the mechanics. They hope that this is going to be like their Resident Evil 2 remake, like Capcom did, you know, the equivalent. Uh, and they said that we've learned that microtransactions are a, uh, you know, a big turnoff for things like this and promise that nothing, there'll be zero microtransactions to do with this game. Uh, this is after, of course, releasing It Takes Two and Mass Effect Legendary Edition this year, which both excellent, excellent games. And as Travis will tell you, Mass Effect 1, man, best one in the, in the trilogy there. So... Uh, <laughs> but my point guys is, um, you know, we can kind of talk through the games if you'd like, but, uh, this was a good show. And the big question I want you guys to consider as we go around here is, is EA turning a corner? Cause you know, we, we just got off a half an hour rant session about Activision, um, and EA for years has been the, uh, kind of punching bag, if you will, uh, sometimes for very good reason. But it feels like EA is 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 kind of hitting a stride right now, which seems weird to say. What do you guys think? I I think EA gets a bad rep. Okay. I, I um, actually think I think EA makes lots of good games, and I think they have for a number of years. Uh, like Anthem, am I right? Okay, well, not Anthem, but hey, I like uh, Anthem. Anthem's hey, the running joke around here. But anyway, go ahead. They got. Oh, really? You like Anthem? I well, I liked. It for what it could have been, right? We don't have to get into that, but we had yeah, a no, kind of. I'm a... very, I'm very familiar with that argument. I play Destiny, my friend. So <laughs> I know, the whole, I know. What it could be, you know, loving a game because of its potential is is a is a deadly poison. Indeed, you're exactly um, right. But anyway, but, but yeah, I mean, like, like they made um the 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 Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order. That was yeah, an amazing game. game. They they've they've. I, I honestly, every year people say this, I look at an EA catalog and I'm like, what are you talking about? They Do they make some games that are stinkers and are filled with like microtransactions? Yeah. But I don't even think they're the worst actor in that regard in the space. Ubisoft's microtransaction model is way worse. Every game has it, even their single player games. And, you know, you got Assassin's Creed with microtransactions that speed up the game just so that it's less boring. It, like, you know, stuff like that. That's crazy. So yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think EA, EA really does get a bad rub. Titanfall too. I mean, come on. They, there's so many good games yeah. in recent, recent years. So um, I, I think they get a bad rep, but I will say, I think this year has been really strong. I think next year looks like it's going to be really strong. We still haven't gotten the full dragon age reveal of what's going on there next. We just, we know that that's happening. There's yeah. uh, a lot of Mass reasons Effect. to be optimistic. Yeah. Mass Effect. There's yeah, they announced the new Mass Effect a few years back. So, I think there's a, a lot of reasons to be excited about EA. I think 
when people are upset about EA, they're upset about like the corporation EA, which like, yeah, you know, corporations suck and EA is one of the ones that isn't great, but we just covered I, I, that extensively. Yeah. We just covered uh, corporations sucking extensively, but like, I, I think, uh, I think they really do get a bad rap. I, I think they make some, uh, some good games that I like. I, you know, do I play uh, Madden every year? No, like, sure. but, but yeah, I, I honestly think it's, uh, I'm, I'm not particularly surprised, but uh, yeah, I was, I was, I'm excited by what they show. Battlefield looks like it's back. Uh, it's going to yeah. be uh, a good one, which uh, is awesome. So, and then the, what they've been doing in the indie space is also really good um, with uh, lost and random looks great. I would say it takes two is one of the better games that came out uh, in, in recently uh, during, on, during the yeah. pandemic. Uh, and before that they had um, a way out. I mean, way out like if you guys played that game it's so good so loved it uh, yeah definitely uh, not as high on it as you guys but really fair. yeah it's no, really good well it's <laughs> it was, like one of those I, games like you only play it once but you got to play it with somebody else who hasn't played it and doesn't know what happens yeah. and that that whole reveal is just really worth it but i, think, I agree I, like is it a technical marvel or like the most you know well-written game in the world yeah. like no but but it, it it's kind of it, a popcorn it's like fast and furious you know like you know what you're getting and it's good at doing <laughs> Fair it. enough. So, I think they, so, I think it takes two was, you know, that's where they start hitting their stride. That, that game is fantastic, but it's one of the better co-op games this year. Like that's un, undisputed. Yeah. Yeah. So some funny uh, comments here. Let me get to these quick before you guys add in. So uh fat boy, another five, uh, five, I said $5, five uh, pounds super chat. Thank you, sir. Emmy one is always the goat. And for, I saw Forte in the chat as well, who is uh, the ME2 stand with Travis. Uh, I'm going to turn and Travis's you, camera off. Don't worry, Fat Boy. Uh, EA stole a punching bag, though. Oh. It deserves the rep it gets. Whoa, whoa, whoa. FIFA loot boxes as surprise mechanics springs to mind. Yeah, and I, I think that's the, the whole surprise mechanics uh, quote, right? Again, corporate leader uh, seemed out of touch with what he was speaking to. Um, and I think that's that weird dichotomy you get with some of these companies is like the, to Travis's point, they're producing a lot of good things. And we just kind of mentioned they they are at least also listening to fan feedback. Right. We got the Mass Effect collection we've always wanted and, and asked for for years. Um, we've got Dead Space coming back by a good developer. They're not just handing it off to some cheap third party and throwing a, a quick remaster. Right. A full remake done by Motive is very promising. Um, supporting originals with the, the indies is is positive and funding in that space. So, yeah, there's there's a weird dichotomy there, um, for sure. Uh, Faz in the house, good morning. Plans for zombies, another another good one. Yeah. So, um, guys, who else wants to touch on EA Play? Anything that jumped out to you? Anything about uh, EA themselves? Um, I'm kind of disappointed there was no Fight Night. I mean, I love Fight uh, Night. And they they've been sitting on this franchise for over a decade, and there's been nothing. Yeah, yeah, and it, the only I wasn't uh, expecting to hear that. From <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, there there is that kind of core. There is it's not a gigantic community, right? But the community who loves Fight Night loves Fight Night. Um, and, it's a very dedicated community, and there, there is that indie uh, studio that's developing that new boxing yeah, game. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, which looks pretty cool. But um, yeah, it will be interesting to see if Fight Night comes back. I think the problem for a publisher like EA is that UFC is a big game for them, and, and quite frankly, UFC as a brand nowadays is just so much bigger than boxing. Yep, um, that's true. It's, from a yeah, money it's perspective, elevated. it's money, man. It's always money. 
But so. no, I mean for EA play, it was it was it was a lot better than last year. Like let's let's we can be hundred percent on that. Like last year was just like a bunch of uh, PowerPoint presentations with like a couple of logos. But <laughs> no, it was good. I I enjoyed it. I'm still torn on this Dead Space remake. I don't know if I'm on board with it just yet, just because like I don't think the original was bad anyway I, I thought it was really good i still think it's really good like it holds up well over a decade later i'm just kind of disappointed we never got a fourth game like i i really think they could have just moved the sequel forward and maybe gave us a new protagonist with like a new setting but i mean who knows they could be doing that in secret we just don't know about it yet or or as we've seen many times right they may kind of gauge interest in this remake um, and then, yeah. you know, if, it, if this remake sells 5 million plus copies, then it's like, all right, Dead Space, you know, we keep, because we always, we have this tendency, I think, as a community to say, everyone wants this. Everyone wants it. I hear it all the time. And it's like, well, no, that's not everyone. You, this, this tiny minority you see on social media is not everyone. Um, I mean, we, we hear about, and I don't, I know Mo's in the chat, he's going to go off, but we hear about Splinter Cell all the time. And I'm one of them. Everyone, you know, that we talk to wants Splinter Cell to come back. Go back and look at how well Splinter Cell sold. Um, it I didn't know, sell it, well. It's it like 12 million copies do. over the series. Yeah, it didn't sell series. well. So when you're, uh, we're back to executives again, but when you're executives and you're talking about dedicating a 200-person studio, and uh, you, I'm making numbers up, but a $50 million, $100 million budget to a big game, and you're like, what did the last game sell? And they say a million and a half copies. It's simple math. Uh, it's just hundred oh, percent. Yeah, it's just not. It's not there. So even though we hear all the time, everyone wants Splinter Cell, and I want it as well. Um, it, that's not an easy decision to make if you're sitting at the top of the company, you know, having to put the money of the company on the line, especially knowing that it might not sell. So I think this is a way for companies like EA to gauge it, right? Dead Space remake, you use Motive. It's a great studio, a little smaller. You know, the budget's probably not going to be huge, but you can gauge the interest in that IP uh, to really see if it's worth investing in in the future, which Ubisoft could have very well have done with Splinter Cell, right? Give us a Splinter Cell remake, bring back the original or Chaos Theory or one of the ones that people love and truly find out where that audience is. So... Anyway, that was a tangent. Sorry. Let me get to Gaming Fortes because uh, this will be uh, better for Travis. 499 Super Chat. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Forte. Appreciate your support, brother. Uh, Mass Effect 1 needed a remake to even come close to the greatness of 2. ME1 is the third best game in the franchise by default. Sorry Ooh, to break this sad news. Forte, I was very happy to see you this morning, man, but you can go now. You know, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But thank you, man. Um, the the Emmy debate will continue forever, I'm sure. Dan, EA Play, did you catch up on it? Yeah, I caught up on it. it here's the thing, you know, and to Travis's point, they do get a bad rep. I mean, but also, I think you have to separate the studios, right? You have to kind of go, okay. This is fine over here. You've got, like, you know, Titanfall 2, great game, great single-player game. But then you've got Madden over here, you know, which is essentially a remake of the last years, you know, with very, very few additions, or FIFA for that matter. But people keep buying them. So it, it's, it's hard not to, you know, keep doing what you're doing when the profits are there, you know. And I and we saw this week or last week with, the was it PES soccer or whatever? Yes. But, yeah, they're going to go pro evolution soccer. Pro evolution yeah. soccer, yeah. E so they're gonna they're yeah. gonna do 
a free-to-play model. What we've talked about. Yeah, for yeah, a what we've long talked about forever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just yeah. you can update the engine every three years if you need to, or do whatever you got to do, but make it, you know, make it a live service game instead. You know, you can have that, you know, regular franchise or whatever you want to do, and you know, just make incremental upgrades. You know, and you know, have Sports a battle pass. Is, yeah, yeah, they're, they're the perfect game. Dan and I have talked about this forever. Yeah. It's the perfect model for it, right? Yeah. I, and we we've seen it in the free in the shooter space. Yep. That's why Halo's going free to play. You do the the seasons is where shooters have gone, right? And the battle passes, etc. It's unbelievable to me that sports games haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, I mean, you, you, as long as you know games, excuse me, uh, studios that they have underneath them, you know, have the creative freedom, um, then I think we'll be all right. You know, once EA as a publisher starts coming in and you know starts having making these guys like inject you know microtransactions or different kinds of ways or you know for example andromeda mass effect andromeda you've basically forced bioware to use this frostbite engine and we saw how well that worked out but <laughs> then you look at dragon age inquisition that seemed to work out okay you know so it, it, it's weird it's a weird way you know weird weird situation over there I mean, I still am going to buy, you know, Madden almost every year, um, even though it's usually now, maybe not. Maybe I'll, you know, I see it's coming to Game Pass, you know, shortly after release anymore. So, hmm. you know, I'm, I don't know, man. I mean, EA, like Dead Space sounds awesome. It could be, you know, an mm-hmm. amazing remake if they do it right, you know, but we'll kind of see. You know, it's, 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 it's the, the portal thing looks actually pretty cool. I'm not it does. Lie. It's, it's you like, know. Battlefield Forge is basically yeah, what they're doing, yeah, except for you was, can't modify the maps. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, Battlefield will catch up with Halo maybe one day, probably not. But no, um, <laughs> no. Also, I have a theory why they don't do free-to-play sports games. I think it's because it. the, the person that buys the sports game is is the core gamer, the, the mysterious... Uh, you know, uh, hard hard to pin down core gamer that I think doesn't really understand the free to play model, or or at least hasn't in the that past. True, like yeah. they're they're the type of person who wants to go into GameStop and go, I want the new Madden. They don't even buy two called, or right? three games a year and Madden. Two or three right. games a year, and Madden is one of them. And they don't want it to change. And they're selling copies and probably making more money with this model anyway. So why would they even consider yeah. it? And I think that uh, maybe that maybe that will change, especially as free to play and games as a service becomes more common. But I really think that the people that are playing Madden aren't the type of people who like are on Fortnite and and understand that model like really well. I, I don't I don't think there's a lot of overlap there. That's that's my theory on on why, why that they haven't caught up there. There's just no incentive, and it's probably not what their uh, target audience even really wants or or relates to. Yeah. 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 So uh, Pong in the house, he said, uh, Battlefield is back. Portal's incredible love letter to all the Battlefield fans who have been disappointed for a while now. Props to yeah, yeah, and I think you're right. And there's like minimum five studios working on this Battlefield, right? I mean, they're going all in on this Battlefield to really bring it back. So it looks great. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Uh, Fatboy, another super chat. Fatboy, man, you know, I, I obviously appreciate the super chats, but please just just comment, man. I'll call you out. You don't have to pay us every time, I promose. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate the five five pound super chat. If we really want EA remakes. I want James Pond, Robocot, or Populous. That's a that's a deep dig right there. I think you lost some people. Um, he's going back to classic Genesis area era. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, electronic arts when they had the little yellow uh, plastic on the cartridge. Um, Populous was a classic, man, no doubt. That was uh, 
anyone who can remember who made Populous? That's going back now. Um, anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. So uh, Diego in the house. Good to see you, Diego. All right, guys. Uh, EA turning a corner. Yes. So let, <laughs> one other thing I wanted to touch on here. We're going to Ubisoft is uh, this X Defiant because I've heard a lot of conversation. It kind of came out while I was on vacation. I caught up with it. Um, Ubisoft, we were just talking about the shooter space, free to play. Uh, Splitgate has been making the rounds and really kind of gaining an audience, which is fantastic to see. Some of the guys in the chat have been playing it and saying that it's it's very well done. And it's it's cool to see a studio that's so small having such success again. Um, but when it comes to uh, Ubisoft, uh, the sex defiant thing seems strange to me, guys. And I want to get your thoughts because the... the <laughs> I don't know about the direction Ubisoft is going. So they they already announced Division Heartland, right? Which is going to be free to play in some form of the Division IP. Uh, we'll, we'll see what that looks like. I'm a big Division player. I know Dan's got many, many hours into it as well. Really enjoyed those games. Um, but I don't know what, where it goes in the free to play space and what that means. And so X Defiant seems a strange thing to me. You've got this um, space which is already uh, obviously, you know, you've got Destiny, which is massive. You've got Call of Duty, which is massive. And you've got uh, Battlefield coming back this year. looks great. Halo's coming back this year. looks great. Um, the space, shooter space is very, very tough to break through at a high level. And you've got Ubisoft, one of the biggest publishers, putting out X Defiant, which looks like a very weird mix of their IPs where they've thrown in stuff from Division and Tom. they've got Tom Clancy's name on it, which is traditionally a much more kind of serious shooter, you know, tactical. Um, but you've got this goofy kind of neon-esque, uh, I, I don't know, this aesthetic to the game that looks very strange. And now the gameplay doesn't look bad. And I'm always up for trying a game before, you know, I'll always play it. Um, but do you, where does this game sit? Like, I guess the bigger question is who's this game for? Because it, it doesn't look or play like division. So it doesn't really matter that you have division, you know, uh, characters or what have you in it. Um, they've got a half splinter cell looking person on, uh, you know, Sam Fisher on the, on the cover, which only made people angry, of course, because of what we just talked about with splinter cell. Um, and it, it looks to play like many other first-person shooters. It looks to play a lot like Call of Duty, but with, you know, Flash, if you will. So I just, I don't know who this game's for. What, what, when you guys first saw this, what did you think about it? Is it? Does it interest you at all? It's for my kids, I think. Because when I showed them the game, I said, here, look at this. This is what this is, this new. They're like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Oh. What is this? They're like, it's, it's it's Valorant and Call of Duty and something else all kind of mixed together. And then like not 10 minutes later, hey, this game looks pretty awesome. You know, it was, all of a sudden they changed their tune. Really? And they're like, yeah. They're like, this is, you know, this might be actually pretty good. You know, we'll have to see, you know, and these are 14-year-old twin boys who play a lot of Fortnite, also play a lot of Call of Duty, you know. So that's that's kind of their, their wheelhouse. So maybe that's what they're looking at. You know, it's it's free to play, yeah, right. So it's we knew something. Ubisoft said, you know, not a month ago or so, that this is kind of the direction they were looking to go. So, yeah. you know, I didn't expect it this quick. You know, now this isn't a game for me, mostly because it's just it's multiplayer. So that's immediately out the door. But you know, it, it, it's 
<laughs> I, I wasn't expecting. <laughs> that's not. That's not a. Yeah, that's I'm not a, Dan's uh, forte. No, I'm, I'm a single player it. game mostly. Sometimes I do co-op. You know, very very rarely. Um, but that's just. I, 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 it looks okay. I mean, you know, I started seeing stuff. I was like, they're, they're, it's like everything kind of mixed together, but in a probably a better way than what their mobile game was trying to do. Which I is think. dead, yeah. by the way. Yeah, they're already dead. ending that game. Yeah, so <laughs> there's that. Um, but we'll that, see, that's kind of my point, though. It's like right? it's a mashup, right? And fast yeah. first-person shooter. And you said your, your kids were like, oh, this looks cool. But in reality, this game, they said it's an early development, right? Which means we're not going to truly see it in production until next year at least. Do, is there really a market for this game when you have Halo, Battlefield, Call of Duty, Destiny, all these other games kind of taking the huge chunks of the market? Um. I think yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, the the games industry is huge, and I don't think sure. it's the case anymore that there has to be like one big successful shooter until the next one kills it, right? Like the whole idea of there being like a game killer. Oh, this is going to be the Destiny killer. Oh, this is a WoW killer. I don't think that that really is a thing. You didn't anymore. see Anthem kill Destiny? What happened? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Anthem committed suicide. Is what happened there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the, uh, the like I, I don't think that that's a thing anymore. Is, does this game appeal to me personally? No, not really. It looks like kind of a generic shooter. The free to play model that that uh, Ubisoft seems like they're kind of obsessed with these days. You know, their Assassin's Creed sounds like it's going to be a, a games as a service now. They're not going to be releasing new Assassin's Creeds for the next few years. They're just going to keep building on uh, the the um, Valhalla game that just came out this past year. Um, I, I think this is Ubisoft's model now is, is they release a game and, and they try to keep it going as long as they can, like Rainbow Six Siege. Um, and it's sort of a, it's a trend in the industry, but it's not been so universally applied across a publisher's library of games as Ubisoft is doing it. Like they're just, they're going ham. Like every game is going to have the same model. Um, I, I think uh, they probably have some data to support that this is the way to go. I don't think every game needs to be a games as a service uh, free to play model. I, I am sort of of the opinion that like, if it makes sense for the game, do it, but you know, it's Ubisoft. This is what they do. Uh, they're probably going to make a, a bundle on this. I have no idea what this game, how this game is going to play or what it's like uh niche will be in the shooter landscape, but uh, I'm all for them trying new things, you know, like, sure. Well, I'll probably play it. I don't think yeah. I'll with it, especially since all Halo comes out this fall and my life will be uh, that probably for <laughs> yes. the next while. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, they're trying new stuff and, and hats, hats off to them. I'm, I hope it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it is too. And I don't mean to do uh, sound kind of uh, indifferent about it. In that, well, I am indifferent about it, but you know what I mean? Negative on it, <laughs> I guess would be the word. Um, and, and it's free to play. I'll definitely try it. I just say I'm confused at the direction, I guess, because remember Ubisoft also made hyperscape, uh, which was their battle Royale, which, you know, it's, it's gone down the next to no players. Now, you know, it seems like they feels like they try to capitalize on trends. Right. Um, which is what funny enough, what Nick's just said in the comments, Ubisoft seems to be following all the trends. Um, yep. and, and sometimes that can be beneficial other times not. So I guess hopefully the quality kind of overcomes that, but we'll see. But why, why, why do this now when you just released an Assassin's Creed game that is your best-selling game, Assassin's Creed of all time. Mm -hmm. You know, you can see the potential there as well, but they're going to change that into a live service. It's a weird 
weird way Ubisoft is doing this stuff. I understand to a certain extent, but I'm also a little bit sad because, you know, Assassin's Creed games have always been my one of my favorite franchises. It's always been one of those, you know, comfort foods, you know, in in my gaming hobby, you know, so. You know what I, I like know, about man. Assassin's Creed? Which, what, what do you like? Uh-oh. Here we the go. multiplayer. Said no Dude, one honestly ever. underrated yeah. though. It is no, no, no. It was good. It was fantastic. It is. <laughs> it was a super. It was game? a super unique idea. Yeah. No, it wasn't just one game. It wasn't just one game. <laughs> was it, it, the was first one. The first one was the best multiplayer. But Brotherhood. Was, yep. was, yeah, Brotherhood. But I tried I, to was, play Unities, but it was broken. I mean, no, the co-op was fantastic in Unity. I actually think the the co-op should have stuck around, but they dropped the, the next game because you know how that that game turned out. Because that game wasn't good, yeah, yeah. I, well, it, it was good. It was just not ready. I think Unity was probably the best traditional Assassin's Creed, and then we got what happened with Origins. <laughs> That's me projectile vomiting. <laughs> you didn't like it? What? No, I, no, it's it, no. Are we talking about the same game? Is this one in France? in the chat. Yeah. I know she talks highly of Unity as well. You like? I love the parkour. I think the parkour was the best, hands down. Is the best urban setting, and the parkour was the best. But the rest, I could, they could upgrade it every year. You're, you're blowing my mind right now. How, how did we turn I, this I, I into? Didn't a, know there were, Dan, I didn't know there Dan, were. Why did you bring plans. up Assassin's Creed? I, I, don't, I don't know. That was my bad. I, don't, I, I think they're all good, but I think that one. It 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 brought the best of the old games into a new setting, but I mean, then Origins happened. I'm I'm not a big word. I I like the new the new style, but traditional Assassin's Creed will always be number one with me. Yeah, I think that's a big conversation in and of itself. Yeah, um, I, 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 I it's a big one. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that one alone. We'll leave that one alone. Yeah. Anyway. Um. The yeah, joke was that Assassin's you. Creed has multiplayer. So take that. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that was the original point that was being made, right? Yeah. So, well, we'll see, you know, <laughs> circling back to Ubisoft and X Defiant. Uh, yeah, we'll see what comes of it. Uh, apparently they're going to be, I did sign up for the, uh, you know, the alpha, if you will. But uh, the comment on it when you sign up is that there's only starting with PC only. Um, which I don't really care to to try. So we'll we'll see what people say of it when they when they check it out soon. We'll see. Um, well, just see. an interesting note is that I don't know if you guys saw this in the press release, but uh, Mark Rubin is leading development on this new X Defiant. He was at I guess Activision for ten years. I guess he was because he was working Call of Duty. I remember that name popping up. For yeah, Ghost. that name is definitely familiar, but I'm not placing it. Yeah, he was at Call. He was doing. He made Call of Duty for over a decade. It looks like just because I had to look him up when I was doing my article. But I think they're trying to grab that crowd. But I don't think it's going to work because yeah. I mean, Call of Duty is Call of Duty. You don't really have. I've never seen a player who plays both Call of Duty and uh, Rainbow Six because like they're very different games. Mm. There you go. Um, yeah, Infinity Ward, which Mo just said in the chat, right? Exactly. So that would explain why the gameplay itself, the gunplay, looked very similar to Call of Duty, right? Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm always open to trying new games. You have to, right? So I mean, I'm I'll, I'll definitely be. I'll be. I'll be doing a preview on it for sure. Cool. All right, guys. Last thing I want to touch on today is the Steam Deck because this got 
launched or, or not launched, excuse me, this got kind of announced and, and pre-orders went out uh, while I was on vacation. So funny enough, funny story, I was, uh, <clears throat> this was announced and I was like, eh, you know, and then I read that you, uh, it's basically an open PC so you can install Windows on it if you want to, even though it comes with the Steam OS uh, for your Steam library. And I don't have a big Steam library, like I said, not a big PC gamer. But as soon as I read you can install Windows on it, you know, my mind went to, okay, portable Game Pass machine. Uh, which means portable things like Forza Horizon 5 and Flight Sim and Psychonauts and all these other things. So I was out that morning. Um, we were out hiking in Colorado. I was on vacation. I was like, all right, guys. I was like, I have to be back at the cabin by 1045 a.m. Mountain Time so that at 11 a.m. I can be ready to pre-order this damn thing. And so uh, sure enough, I got my pre-order in for the, the top model. And I my pre-order, I was showing some of the guys in chat, my pre-order actually says, 10 a.m literally the minute it went live because apparently what they're going to do is they're going to uh ship those out based on how early you pre-ordered them so i will hopefully be one of the first people to get this this thing and, and kind of try it out but um it's interesting to me i i i don't know if you guys already kind of commented this maybe on other outlets or whatnot but uh it, it feels like and i know many people have said this right it feels like the switch pro that we were all hoping for um it just it looks like a more mature machine better controls, more serious build quality, higher end hardware. Um, obviously nowhere up to like the console status that we're used to or modern PCs, but it's well, its capabilities are uh, in terms of just raw power are almost double a switch. Um, so it should run games, you know, at least, uh, you know, semi efficiently. But what do you guys think about this? Are you, any of you have pre-orders in? Are you excited by the potential here? You have two pre-orders yeah. in. Two pre-orders in, that's okay. right. You, you, and the, you, you and the girl? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, well, I, I just need for work. Uh, we tried to order as many of them as we can, but okay. I need one for the standard Steam Deck, and then I need one to be my uh, Tinker device that maybe I install Windows on or gotcha. whatever. So, uh, you know, I'm going to hopefully do that. But, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be great. Um, Steam hasn't really had a lot of, um, or, or Valve, I should say, shouldn't ha hasn't had a lot of success with hardware. You know, all their yes. all their hardware has sort of been flops over the years. Really, the only big success in hardware they've had is their uh, the Valve Index, their VR right. headset, which I still think is like the Rolls Royce of VR. If if you're into that, you're um, not using the uh, Steam Pad for Halo Infinite. No, no, don't really like the Steam controller. <laughs> I, I, you know, some people really swear by that thing. I, they I really own do. one. Yeah. I own one, and I'm like, this thing feels like I'm holding. It feels like. Uh, a controller that you would get made uh, to give to a, a infant who you wanted to pretend was playing the game while you played it, you know, like the fake steering wheels that you give the kid while you, while you drive. It's like that. That's what that controller feels like to me. Uh, anyway. Uh, but, but I, I am, I am, I am a PC gamer. I, I play console first. Uh, I'm an Xbox main if I had to describe myself, but I, I own PlayStation and Nintendo and I do play a lot of PC games, especially for VR. I mean, PC is the way to go. If, if you do VR games, which I am now a VR player because of half-life Alex, that game, if you haven't played it is amazing and it's worth getting into VR I just know, for that. I've had so many yeah. people tell me I have to get a new VR PC headset so I can you, play you, the game. You really do. Like, honestly, I was against vr for years and that game is the reason i bought a vr headset and it was actually worth it it's literally worth buying a one thousand dollar headset just to play that game it's so good um uh, but yeah the, uh, i i do play a lot of pc games so and it's also the platform for reviews a lot of time as you sure. know and yes. so having a uh, a steam deck actually could be helpful for work you know you're 
reviewing a game. Obviously, you're not going to do capture on it, but it, with their cloud syncs that they they yep. promised and being able to play it remotely, you know, I I go to uh, the the mother-in-law's house and I bring my Steam Deck rather than having to bring my whole rig if I'm working on a review over the weekend or whatever. Sure. So. Uh, there's there's a lot of potential there that gets me excited for it, and I disagree that it's the the switch uh, I always wanted. I okay I mean, the, the OLED model I also pre-ordered that same week, the day before the Steam Deck was pre-orderable. Okay, and that that console also sold out, and I think yes. it sold out for a reason because uh, Switch isn't competing in the power space, and I don't of, think of they ever, I don't think they ever will, and I don't think they ever should. I think that they do a thing well because they aren't competing in that space. They're playing at, you know, they got Hades. That was game of the year last year. And that was on switch because switch doesn't care about power, right? They're, they're, they're looking for those games that, uh, that, that don't need it. Um, obviously power would be nice on a Nintendo device, <laughs> but I think that their business model is just going in a different direction. And I think again, like I was saying earlier about this industry is that it's now big enough to where it's not a zero sum game. It's 100%. not Sega has to die because Nintendo succeeds. It's not that anymore. It's, it's a, uh, you know, it <laughs> say stand right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to that podcast that didn't happen yesterday. Hey. Uh, and um yeah, I, I think I think uh, I think the Steam the Steam Deck and the Switch OLED model can exist and can both be successful, and I think that, that should be that should be celebrated. And and uh, and you know, I pre-ordered both, so I'm I'm excited for both, and and uh, and and think that other people should be too, and, and not be so mean to Nintendo or Steam. <laughs> both of them are good companies, in my opinion. I I I, I hope that both of them are successful. I, I think they will be. I mean, um, we say all the time here that exactly what you just stated, right? When you look at Nintendo and PlayStation and Xbox, uh, particularly in the console market, we always say that, you know, people have this fake war and competition in their head. And of course, there's competition. It's a, it's a competitive market. But all three are posting record revenues. And, and I promise you, that's not going to stop. Right. Um, the, the game market is just exploding. There's plenty of room for different ideas and stuff. Um, but Dan, what I'm hearing is uh, Travis is going to be our uh, it's good to have some balance on the Nintendo side in the uh, in the big cast realm. So, yeah, yeah, because uh, I haven't done a good job about it one way or the other. <laughs> right? right before Travis. We were we were kind of like this, you know, but yeah. hopefully we'll, we'll balance yeah. that a little bit. You know, what I've, you know what I'm learning about you, Dan? Or uh, sorry, uh, Ains. Yeah, this is this is a compliment and oh, also a, a me ragging on you okay. is that you are like the original hipster. You're, you're like you're like the proto hipster. Everything that people don't like, you're like I like that the most more than anything else. And let me That's tell you why. True. Nobody else understands Oof. how good it is. Oof. Sega, Mass Effect One, what? Elder Scrolls Three, Morrowind, it, like all of the stuff. You're you're just a fan of. You go against the grain, and you're an Xbox player. Xbox players, man, especially people who are really in the industry, they love to be on the underdog team. And Did oh, I like that say, before it was cool. You're the proto hipster, dude. Like, this is what I'm learning about you. Did you just say I'm the only person supporting Sega out there? I'm just saying Sega's the underdog. I don't think anybody goes Sega, Nintendo. Oh, yeah, those are equal. Like, Nintendo and then Sega. Like, that's how people <laughs> usually think of it. So, I, that's all I'm saying is, is I, okay. and I say, and I mean this as a compliment is that, is uh -huh, that you, uh -huh. You you speak for the 
you speak for the forgotten man when it comes to the games <laughs> industry. <really>. Uh, <laughs> and and in some cases, it plays to our strength because I have some hipster tendencies too when it comes to video games. I try not to be, but like I said to you on our on our uh, industry perspectives, I love Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind, and I think it's the best Elder Scrolls game, and no one agrees with me except you. And you know why? Because you're a hipster. You're a gaming Weird. hipster. So many comments running through my head, but see me after, <laughs> see me after the show. Yeah, he's going to show up in like a newsboy hat with the, <laughs> some kind of weird flannel on. Oh it's man, be awesome. I, I don't think you realize what you've just done to me, Travis. Yeah. I'm not going to live this one down. I'm not going to live this one down for a long time. So <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> Let me get to Pompa super chat before you guys comment on Steam Deck. Pompa, good morning, man. Good to see you. Good day, gents. Appreciate the new early time. Helps my morning work go by quickly. Always appreciate you guys and hope everyone has a great Sunday. Hit that like button, everyone. Yes, thank you very much, Pampa. Always appreciate it. Hope work is going well, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is a compliment. As soon as you said, I mean, this is a compliment, <laughs> I prepared myself. I, I, I prepared myself for what was coming. Yeah. 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 I, I don't mean any offense by this. It's like when the guy says, I'm not racist, but. But, yeah, yeah right. that's exactly what oh, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. Oh, boy. So, so, um, so here's, here's the deal with that Steam Deck. Yeah. So I, I bought, you know, I bought 17 Nintendo Switch Pros. Pre-ordered them. <laughs> not really. I didn't buy a single one. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to make anybody upset. But anyway, I looked at it and I, I saw what it, it's going to start running stuff on. It's really not that much different than the Switch as far as, you know, I mean, it, it's got a much, well, I don't know. I mean, the libraries are pretty much the same anymore if you count most of the Switch, you know, shovelware that's, you know, <laughs> everywhere on the Nintendo. But it's it's a nice thing to have. My kids are kind of interested in it, but I was just like, you know, I'll just buy you a new computer. You know, that's, you know, we, we don't really, I mean, the portability factor, I don't know how much, I just don't use it. I mean, I don't use my Switch at all, but like if, yeah. if you know, if I did, the portable part would probably be the least amount used. I mean, I wouldn't use it taking it anywhere now, especially since I can just plug in my Kishi on my Xbox if I'm really, really desperate to play on, you know, somewhere else. You know, or at my in-laws, which is where it usually happens, you know, to my wife's chagrin, you know, it, it's just, I'm just not a, you know, mobile player, I guess. So it's a cool little concept for sure. I mean, I think, you know, it'll do well. It's obviously pre-ordered like crazy. So yeah, um, good on Valve, you know, hopefully it turns out for them. I have no idea. I didn't get one because it was just something I was just not going to, I probably would never use. I'm starting to be more practical, trying to be. It's trying, not yeah. working great. Like I'll still buy like you know games on two different systems for no reason. But um, as far as that kind of stuff goes, I'm just like, nah. That's yeah. where I was because we joke all the time. Like my Switch is, I can't remember the last time I turned my Switch on, right? And the portability yeah. factor hasn't been huge for me. But as soon as I got in my head for whatever reason that I could play like Halo and mm -hmm. maybe not multiplayer right but just halo campaign or forza or these other games that i love like on the go i was like oh man that's just too tempting to to try and ignore um but you can really and, play and to halo, right? point it could be very good for things like that like indie games and review copies yeah. on pc you know yeah. if you've got to do sure. something else Oh man, you guys see, look, chat's already killing me, Travis. You've, you've done it. You've done it. Oh, <laughs> and by the way, I'm just going to leave this up. AKW's got my back. Love Sega. I'm just going to leave that there the rest of the time. I love Sega. Yeah, I love Sega too. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not, it's not hipster. It's just old guy. 
yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty I mean, because I'm kind of in the same boat. Marvel wins the best. Old people love Nintendo too. Look at this. We Look used this. to love Look Nintendo. Nintendo. Nintendo has done us dirty. That's our problem with it. It's, no, it's, it's no, been, Dan. No, it's done us dirty. No. Yes, back. I'm, I'm telling back. you, it's just done us dirty. That's all, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. You've activated my trap card. Now we get to <laughs> now we get to debate Nintendo Sega. No, no we're not doing that today. We're not doing oh, that man. today. So, Bobby, what do you think, man? Steam Deck? Did you pre-order one? You have any interest in this? I do actually. I I was in that queue and trying to pre-order that day was a nightmare. Yes, it was a mess. I yeah, I ended up getting one, but it ended nice. up costing me. Jeez, I spent like thirty bucks on Steam credit just because it wouldn't let you pre-order. Because I didn't buy anything for like a year or something, but oh. I ended up getting one. I got one for the. I guess it says Q1 2022, but I'm hoping it comes a little bit earlier, so so I can start reviewing it. And well, it comes out in December, it, so yeah, that's what they're saying. So I mean, who knows when it, it'll actually get to me? But I did, I got I got the 256 model, and I'm hoping I'm going to dual boot. I probably will end up doing a dual boot on there just because I mean, why not? It doesn't seem like it's it's going to be too complicated. I mean, worst comes to worst, I'm sure they have a factory set where you can just restore it to Steam OS three or whatever it is. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I do yeah. have a big big ish Steam library. I mean, it's a lot of older games, but I mean, that portability is number one for me. I mean, I love taking my Switch with me everywhere I go these days. Like it's always with me. Cool. It just means now I don't have to carry my laptop with me, so I can bring my Switch and my Steam Pro, and I'm not going to really compare the two because they're not the same thing. They're completely different machines. They do different things. Yeah. The only thing I would compare them to is like how, how long they last while I'm on the go, and that's kind of what I want to be focusing on when, when they launch. Like, what What's the kind of time frame I have on the go with the Steam machine and the Switch? Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's a beautiful looking machine. It does look like a Game Gear. Let's all be honest. It is a Game Gear, and I, I think they should have called Sega, it the Game by the way. Gear. Sega, the Game Gear. They should really go with the Game Gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, did you guys see how big it is? I, I didn't realize. You know, you see the pictures. You're like, okay, it looks pretty big, right? But when you measure it out, it's actually the length, width, or whatever. You know, length of two Vitas. It's twelve inches. It's a full foot. That's insane. It's a foot wide, so it's it's you know yeah. it's a heft it's a hefty boy. So just and be prepared. I'm I'm okay with that as long as they have the accessories to support, like uh, like a tablet stand and just like I know they have the dock and all that. But like uh, the biggest complaint I've seen is the the button placement because it's not like like I guess like the switch where it's where we're used to, but it's like on top of above the buttons and it doesn't make sense to us. But I saw like the IGM preview and they're saying you know it. it it feels really comfortable. It's natural. Yeah. But the buttons look really small. That's the only thing I'm worried about is those are really small buttons. And they're in the very top corner. But um, I did see there is a um, there is a design discussion with one of the um, a design discussion with one of the um, people at Valve that helped create it. And he talked through kind of the ergonomics and why they did certain things. So if you haven't watched that, it's quite good. And it was pretty impressive. Uh, it's obviously... They've obviously put a lot of, you know, design effort, thought process into designing this thing. It, it seems very well designed. And I love <clears throat> one of the things I really like about it, right, is it, when you look at the way it's held, uh, it's very similar to kind of what we've all become accustomed to with modern controllers, right? It has your bumpers, has your nice kind of curved triggers. It's actually got paddles, right, uh, built into the back. Um, it just looks like I said, I didn't mean it in a derogatory way, but it looks like a more advanced switch. It really does. 
Um, and so I just, you know, I think it's very promising. Mm -hmm. Um, and the fact, you know, it, it goes without saying, I think the biggest selling point for many people is just this, you have your steam library right there, right? I mean, steam is massive. Uh, and there's many, many in the community that swear by their steam library and that's just where they play. Right. So, um, factoring that in, I think it's just huge for them. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see for sure. Um, but I'm excited right. for it. Just Very the fact exciting. that you, yeah, like the fact that you can add like your Stadia, your your library, you can do X Play on it or X Play X X Cloud. Cloud. Like you have yeah, X Cloud, you have all these op, like all these things you can do on there now. Yeah, that the Switch can't do, and that's kind of what I think is the best thing. It's an all-in-one machine now. They're building it is not just like your your portable PC library. It's the all-in-one machine where you can play Xbox, you can play remote play from your PlayStation, you can. Yeah, do Google's thing, and uh, we don't have Luna here in Canada, but like you can do Luna. That's yeah. that's really cool. But yeah, going for I mean, I I think there's space for both of them. It's still up in the air with Steam because Steam is like you said a notorious streak of having all these products come out and then just dropping them because there is no support for them. Or, but yeah. who knows? Like this, this could be the very like the start of something new. Like this could be. Valve's entry into a new market space and they could help very well shape the future of the gaming industry over the next 10 years because of this product. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's one uh, that's a great point, Bobby, because what's what's really interesting about it, right, is in reality, when you really step back, it's just a portable PC uh, with a screen on it, right? Yeah. Um, and what that allows it to do, because it is an open PC, is everything you just said. It has operating systems and you can play your PC games and you can play anything that can traditionally connect to a PC, which is very different from a closed environment like the Switch. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's what really makes it intriguing, right? And it's a perfect play for Valve because you're selling a portable PC that is going to be sold for all the reasons we just said. But at the same time, you're defaulting people to Steam which is where you're obviously making all your revenue from. So, and that's like in the beginning, right? You have Epic Game Store coming. You could, and my biggest thing is we can emulate games now. So, if I want to play Super Nintendo, exactly. I just boot up the emulator. If I want to play a PlayStation games, I could just go, hey, I'll rip my game and I'll put it on the, I'll put it on the Steam Deck. That's what I mean. It's just a PC, so you can anything. It's, it's beautiful. Like it's, yeah. it's what we need. It, I'm surprised it took this long to get a machine like this from into the industry, but like, thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they tried, but like it was, it wasn't the right approach. I think. No. Yeah. Well, and I, I, sorry, Travis. Real quick, I was just going to say, with the success of the Switch, right? The success is a monu The Switch is a monumental success. I think maybe that is what was needed to kind of drive a company like Valve to say, "There, there's a market here. We, we can do this." Yeah, I think it's a, a, a confluence of events that have disproven the the longstanding theory that you know mobile game platforms were dead because everybody was just going to be playing on their phones, and that's just like so wrong. Now we know, like there's there's a there's a there's a renaissance of mobile devices now, and I think um, you know Microsoft is is wisely staying out of the space. I think because that isn't really their forte and, and xCloud makes a lot more sense for their business model. But then these other companies that, that I think uh, excel in the mobile space, like Nintendo, even with the 3DS before the switch knew that they had really like cracked into something with, uh, with that uh, in that space. And I, I think it's, it's really great news for us. Cause again, it's like this industry just keeps expanding. There's room for people who just want to play on their cell phones and people who want dedicated devices uh, like us. And uh 
if if I can uh, plug, you know, it uh, the Steam Deck is IGN's first this month, uh, so we have content all month long uh, about the Steam Deck, including an interview with Gabe Newell uh, that you can watch clips Excellent. of now. Um, so you know, keep keep it tuned to there. And uh, I, I can tell you that I have not held the Steam Deck in my hands yet, uh, but my coworkers who have, they all say that it's like surprisingly comfortable. Uh, that that the weight in your hand feels right, and that uh, the the placement of the sticks uh, isn't as bad as you might think. Which I I am an Xbox player, so the staggered sticks is like my how I live, right? And and yeah. I even on PlayStation, the fact that they're both down here, I feel like my hands are constantly slipping off the controller. Yeah. Um, but apparently, that's not a problem on this device. So I'm I'm definitely willing to uh, to give it a try. But everything yeah. I've heard so far is that like you hold it and instantly you're like. Oh, actually, I kind of get this. So cool, yeah, fantastic, man. Um, well, that's good because hopefully, then you know you're a perfect person to kind of speak to this as as the year goes on and we see more and more about it and and get models out there for people. So fantastic. Um, one thing I wanted to comment on real quick, which I, I kind of slipped over because we were joking about all the hipster stuff. And Kev, I see you in chat. Stop it. Um, <laughs> uh, this is a great point too by Beast Mode. Uh, Steam Deck is promising a lot of titles that were created originally with regular PC with large gaming assets, correct? All these running with Proton Windows, the Steam OS translation layer. So you're you're getting into it a bit there, Beast, but uh, yeah, very true. And I think one of the things I saw make the rounds and some people in chat said around targeting 30 FPS, um, be very careful with that, right? Because when, when those kind of, kind of comments are made, what they're saying is, is that the hardware, the CPU, the GPU, the, the RAM, the memory, everything, right? Their target there was a 30 FPS on a mobile space. But remember, this is a PC, and all these PC games that we're talking about have the ability to, to kind of go up and down, right? So whereas if you're playing on a home monitor, say your monitor here or TV or something, and you're, you want to play in 4K, 30 FPS, because the assets are so large, Again, you scale that down to a smaller screen and a portability factor. You know, um, you can you can bring those texture qualities down. You can bring those other things down. You could lower it and raise your FPS. It's 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 not. Don't take my point being. Don't take that as Steam Deck games are always going to be thirty FPS. I'm not buying it. That's not what was meant by that. And I think people kind of ran away with that with that uh, notion uh, incorrectly. We're so, also yeah. forgetting. It's a PC, right? You can edit the INI files to that's the, exactly my point. And almost all PC games, as you know, you can you can adjust the them up and down. Support that, right? They're, yeah, they're scalable, right? So don't yeah, so. that. I it's kind of a shame they even made that comment because people ran with it incorrectly. It's like you you just kind of fed fuel to something you didn't need to feed. But. I, I will say I am a little worried about the compatibility because the promise of hey, every your whole Steam library can be on here. I mean, we already know that that's not true universally, right? Like one of the first things that came out the day that Steam Deck was announced was that uh, you can't play Destiny 2 on it. I'm a big Destiny player, yes. so obviously this was in my feed, but like not all of the games are going to work on your Steam Deck. And I think, that, you know, there's some games that, you know, you've got 19 hotkeys, right? That's <laughs> right. Your control scheme. Those are probably not going to be super compatible, or at least they're going to have issues. And it's not going to be, oh, you know, Valve can just instantly take your whole library 
and convert all those games to Steam Deck games. I think it's going to require work on developers' part Developer. for certain games. Yep. And I think uh, it will not be uh, ubiquitous right away. And I think that's the main challenge of the Steam Deck is that the PC platform is so spread out that reining it in and letting it work on a mobile device that has like 11 buttons is not easy. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think that <laughs> is the biggest hurdle that the Steam Deck has. Like it could end up being that thing that lots of people bought and then nobody uses just because it has such a specific use case. And unless you're a tinkerer who wants to be on that platform and downloading OSs and patches and, and doing all the stuff that the tinkers like to do, it's just yeah. going to be one of those things that slides into your shelf and you forget about it. Like the Vita, right. Or for hey. me, the Vita, like that's what I, oh, are you a fan of the Vita too? Is this yeah, a hipster? I'm a hipster. Oh, remember? I love the Vita. The Vita was oh, ahead God. of its time. Okay. Yes, it well, it yes, was, it was certainly, uh, certainly, uh, ahead of its time in its ability to take up uh, closet space. Um, which is where I kept it <laughs> entirely. Yeah, B uh, says, okay. you know, going back to the 30 FPS, B says target is 30 FPS is correct for those specs, 1.6 tel teraflops of power. Yeah, exactly. All I'm saying is, is it's you, people shouldn't make the assumption that every game's going to be 30 FPS only. Um, you know, there is scalability there. Let me get these super chats real quick, guys, before I miss them. Graham in the house. Thank you for the five dollar super chat, man. Steam Deck the size of a five dollar pump a foot long without the lettuce and tomatoes. Yeah, it's gonna be a big boy. Um, thank you for that. Darge in the house. Good to see you, Darge. Come on, you irons. No, man, up the blades. You know this. You know this, Darge. Um, coming in with uh with Premier League talk. So appreciate you, Darge. Thanks for stopping by, dude. <clears throat> All right, guys. Um, anything else you want to touch on the Steam Deck before we uh we we close out? Bring it on. <laughs> the old bring it on. Even though I'm not getting it. <laughs> Fly. Yeah, I got to fly in here too. Um, God, it's me nuts. Super chat. Random supporter. 549 <laughs> euro. Uh, super chat. Best of luck with the new podcast direction. Thank you so much. Um, obviously, don't know don't know who you are, Mr. Random Supporter, or he or she, but we uh, greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Mm. All right. Guys. It's been a fantastic conversation. We're just over two hours. Uh, chat, you've been amazing. A lot of, a lot of faces today, um, especially considering this was a new time early in the morning. Great to see a lot of the usual audience here. So thank you very much. Um, super excited to have Travis aboard full time, uh, despite the, uh, you know, the slander that he threw against me today. Um, <laughs> I'm here for it, man. This is yeah, like, I know. I'm going to get my popcorn was, and was just be like, ah. <laughs> You're but, next uh, Bobby, thanks for uh, great yeah, yeah, well, that's true. multiplayer. My, my yeah, slander is going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Travis can get on you for the multiplayer aspect, especially once Battlefield and Halo launch. But well, we'll come back to that. We've got plenty of time in the future. But uh, Bobby, man, great to, uh, I know we've chatted for a while. Great to finally do a show with you. Obviously, uh, we'll keep talking to collaborate more in the future. But thanks for coming out, man. Yeah, of course. Uh, Happy to be here. Uh, it's been good. I mean, you guys put out quality work. Just, it's, it's probably the reason why everyone loves you guys. You guys have quality work, good people. These things count. These are the biggest things to bring people in, right? It's just having a community. And you guys have a really good community. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Um, so, Bobby, um, you know, I, I feel the same way about you. Um, it's, uh, you know, I was talking to Dan, actually, just a couple of days ago when I said uh, you were coming on the show. And, you know, console creatures and, and great site, good dude. And um, just appreciate, I, I think sites like ours need to support each other right we talk about all that 
that all the time uh, and and promote positivity in the gaming community, which I preach about nearly every week. So I'll stop. But <laughs> Bobby, please uh, call out where people can find you and, and the outlet and uh, anything else you'd like to shout out. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's just B Pashalidis, which is my name. I mean, I'm sure we could probably put it up somewhere, but it'll uh, be in the uh, it'll be in the uh, notes script. as well. Perfect. Yeah. And then at consulcreatures.com. So we're out of Toronto, Canada. We're an independent media outlet. We're a decade into, I guess, being active right now. I took over a couple of years ago and I've just kind of been trying to up update our, our direction and get with the times. We're mostly written word, but we're going to be doing a lot of bigger things in the future. Hopefully more podcasts, video. Uh, more community spotlight because without the community, like we're nothing, right? We want to focus more on the, the community and the games they're playing, and we're trying to bridge everything together. Gotcha. Very cool. Nice Very man. cool. Travis, anything to shout out, man? Yeah, uh, you can read my articles and reviews on IGN.com. Also, a very small uh, independent outlet. Stop no, it. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, uh, just put a link to season gaming on those for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. never heard of it. Um, and uh, I, I reviewed a game last week, Chris Tales, uh, yeah. a, a love letter to JRPG, self-proclaimed. Um, you can read my review it, or watch the video on YouTube or that sort of thing. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Travis, and I also do uh, other shows like The Last Word with uh, with uh, Cog and Ebontis and uh, Fireteam Chat, uh, old episodes because that show doesn't really run anymore but we might do more episodes in the future but I, I do a lot of stuff so follow me on twitter it's the best way to find out what i'm doing uh and and read my stuff my articles so excellent damn yeah i'm here i'm here <laughs> I'm here give us your week. po box old nope. man where do we <laughs> mail you you can you can find me here every sunday sunday and central uh on season gaming and then if you're lucky enough to find me on Twitter, good luck. <laughs> I don't put that out there very much. I talk yeah, to enough people. Fair enough. Fair enough. Guys, oh, uh, any, anyone listening, um, like I said, uh, feedback on uh, anything with the show we're taking to heart. So please uh, feel free to reach out. You know, you can always DM me, email me. Um, you can leave a comment, anything like that. Uh, but Pager. Just uh, what? Pager. Pager. <laughs> voice. Voice. <laughs> I'm still the pager supporter, Blackberry. You know, um, how do we how do we find you on Grinder? <laughs> <laughs> but no, sincerely, thank you, everyone. Uh, appreciate you coming out and joining us. Hope to see you here every Sunday going forward. Uh, if you join us live, if you're listening afterwards, thank you as always. So that was uh, Bitcast 163, and we're going to go ahead and close out. Thanks again. We'll see you next Sunday.